Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9am on Cork's Red FM. Talking about sunshine next week, of course, much of it is through cloud, but it certainly will be a more consistent week with regards to sunshine every day. Papers this morning actually talk of uh, temperatures regarding different things, but it certainly isn't the weather. It has more to do with food. One of the more bizarre ones I see today is that they're now saying uh, the latest study that's out there from the consumer watchdog, which where they compared frozen vegetables with fresh vegetables. Uh, they're now saying that frozen veg are better than fresh as germs have less time to damage them after they're picked and produced and put in bags. Uh, sorry, I mean, you know, the difference being that because they're frozen, they're um, in bags faster and they're frozen and it's better with regards to keeping germs down. Uh, so it's kind of interesting. They say, meanwhile, fresh veg can take weeks to reach the shop and it lets the produce deteriorate faster. Interesting, isn't it? I uh, don't know whether it tastes the same. I've never thought so. I think fresh has always been best in that regard. wonder if the government are getting a bit fresh with people. Front page of many of the papers today has to do with pub restaurants being told they must keep records. I thought they did anyway. I mean, I always thought that, you know, if you give out food, you keep a record of the food, everybody gets a receipt and on it, on the receipt, is the food that you ate. So, but... I mean, I don't. At the same time, you could be saying, "Yeah, that's that's fair enough. You do get receipts, but being told, being told what to do, is completely over. You couldn't keep up with them, really, with the rules and the regulations and the changes. But anyway, backlash as pubs told keep record of all orders. Papers also today have a lot of the red tops on it. They call it the Easter Rising. The Easter Rising. Publicans uh, in revolt last night against this bonkers new law ordering them to keep a record of any food they serve for 28 days. It's Bar Wars is the front page from the Red Tops today. Uh, And another one talks of pubs and pensioners because the government um, are are once again facing more criticism, this time from the elderly, not only restaurant owners and bar owners that serve food, but also from the elderly because that um, that state-funded scheme, Stay and Spend, ignores pensioners and those on low pay while new bar and restaurant rules have been dismissed as bureaucracy gone mad. I mean, uh, Benny McCabe calls the nine euro meal as a tax on the elderly, he says. Even And at the same time, Benny is opening and reopening more and more of his pubs these days. But if you looked at the, if you looked at the, um, uh, I suppose, the legislation or the rules involved in, you know, claiming uh, money off meals and stuff, you would lose the will to live. It's a tax credit of up to €125 that you get back in your tax next year. I mean, they couldn't have got this more wrong if they tried. Like, even if you try and read it, there's a new scheme that will enable taxpayers to claim back 20% of their spend on accommodation, food and non-alcoholic drink in hotels, restaurants and other qualifying businesses. Why Why couldn't you claim claim it back on dinner with a bottle of wine, 20% of that? But apparently, booze is bad news. So anyway, this is then. Then this is where you lose the will to live. You you have to spend at least twenty five euro per person in each transaction. You can spend a maximum of six hundred and twenty five euro, including VAT, over the lifetime, claiming a total of one hundred and twenty five euro in tax receipts. Married couples who are jointly assessed, uh, the maximum spend will be one thousand two hundred and fifty, giving you two hundred and fifty euro in tax credits. What is that about, like? In the UK, they gave everybody a tenner off their meal. You went in, your meal cost 10 euro less, and the restaurants claimed it back from the government. I mean, why couldn't they just keep it that simple and straightforward? But anyway, more on that throughout the course of the morning. Two more schools closed because of uh, positive cases, and the papers talk of that this morning. The examiner carries it. Uh, there are two Kerry schools, and you heard in the news. Uh, the Golf Society is not going to be dropped, disbanded, or, um, you know, in any way, shape, or form, 
stopped, apart from the fact that they're dropping the word Eroctus from the title, and that's the story in The Independent today. And the AA have um, seen the wrath of the HSE because they've written to Alcoholics Anonymous because uh, AA, they're saying, resumed meetings in breach of COVID-19 pandemic guidelines. Um, And you would have thought that the AA and NA would be deemed essential services and would get more support rather than grief. Um, I think some of the meetings have now gone back online uh, for fear that they'd be criticised. And, you know, I'm not so sure that that's the right way to be treated. Papers also talked today um, of um, uh, stories on Leaside, including, remember about a week ago, I was telling you about the beautiful mural that was being painted on Grattan Street. That was painted by a fellow called Peter Martin. He's done lots of uh, works of art around the city. And this mural on the community centre on Grattan Street is a mural of the burning of Cork. And it's part of the big exhibition that um, George Patterson and the Middle Parish are putting together. And they hope to open very, very soon, I'm told. But if you haven't been in the area, either walk by it or drive by it and have a look at that mural. It is absolutely super and it brightens the street big time. And of course, it's a nod to our history and to our past and our 100th year anniversary of um, the issues on Cork and Leaside with regards to the tans and the burning of Cork. Lines open at one 850 The Neil Prenderville Show. With Tesco. Save time and shop online. Simply log on to tesco.ie. Well, the government might want to give you some money back with regards to eating out and food, but I want to give it to you totally for free. And we take another step forward in the world we live this morning with the return of Free Food Friday. I wish I had a banner or a da 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 but I thought about it too late. But Free Food Friday is back this morning uh, with Oak Fire Pizza this time around. Princess Street, Clonakilty and Bandon. So we will deliver half a dozen large, large pizzas with a whole range of size. Sides, I should say. Wood-fired uh, baby potatoes, garlic bread, dips, drinks, homemade mini cheesecake tasters, um, and all of the bits and pieces you need, whether it's cups and cutlery and napkins and everything you need. So, courtesy of ourselves and oak-fired pizza, we want to know where you are and who you are in the workplace. If you're back at work, we want to help. Or indeed, you know, if you're working remotely and you want to maybe have a bit of food, do let us know. Text 086-8104-106. Tell us who you are and where you are, where you're working. And the the only difference to Free Food Friday going forward will be we'll be working a day and a week ahead, right? So you win today for next Friday, um, okay? And then next week for the week after, if you know what I'm saying. So whoever wins today gets their Free Food Friday in a week's time when the Red Patrollers deliver it. But I'll explain that a little bit more throughout the course of the morning and we'll also uh, have a bit of a run through the menu and talk about that as well. So, lines open for all other business. Text 0868104106. Mike Ryan has the Corn Store Restaurant on Corn Market Street. He also has Cockbowl. He joins me by phone. Mike, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you? First, I'm good, thanks. First of all, I, I know that people feel as if, you know, it's a nanny state and some politician described it as being policed by the, Naz, by the Stasi. But what's wrong with this government request because you're keeping receipts anyway well okay if I just took myself in isolation yes I have a reservation system that we spent an awful lot of money on electronic reservation system I have a till system which costs over 20,000 euros but I can justify that because of the size of our business and so if you make if Neil Prendival makes a booking I have your name and every, all your details on my electronic system and then the table you are allocated and then I have to go to your system I'll go to the system and pick up and pull up your receipts that you had, what food you had. That's all well and good for me. But what about the, the, the smaller businesses out there that operate by taking your order with a pen and paper and send it into the kitchen? 
and they have an old tilt system. They wouldn't have the memory. Ah, but are there many of those around, in fairness? There are. Are there? No, they are, because most people can't. Like, for that system I'm talking about, to hold information for over 28 days of that amount of information, you need your own server, you know, and that's going to cost you 5K alone. So because about like a lot of lot of pubs, you get receipts. You can get receipts, and you can take on. They can do the generic Zs and total numbers, but itemizing that's a bit more specific. Now bigger operations would have it, but like a diary, a lot of places are still operating off a diary, and so they have a diary there. So they have to to go through the paper system, and then go and maybe their tilt system correlates to it. But how is that even acceptable anymore? I mean, how do revenue ever work out how much tax they owe if that's the case? Well, no, they, they can, you do, you have your, a lot of places will do their cash sheets. You have your till, you can read off your receipts, smaller tills, you read them off every night. You keep the receipts there. A lot of them would have a hard drive. To be honest, even with our system, you have to go back in and put, because the way the systems work is, you, every time you make it, an order goes through, you've ordered some, an extra drink or you've ordered an extra side of fries that goes in. You have to bring that journal feed together. It's all that information. All right, well, let's not get too technical about but, yeah. it, so, but, but it well, what you're saying is not business. not all businesses have the technology no. to... That's that's bizarre that people who serve food in a restaurant bar setting don't have the technology to store the orders and work out they what people ate or drank. To go in, to get it easily, a lot of people would have it, you'd have to go rooting for it. But it's not that easy. It's just making more, it's another block for people where like at the end of the day, all this is about is they want to prove that someone that was in the restaurant had food. And then, so they can, they can take out people that have been flouting the laws. But aren't they right? Are are they not right? 100%. But why have, look, people, I can walk around town or or, or other jurisdictions and walk in there and see who's actually eating and who's not. It's not that hard to, really to police. The police didn't, the guards didn't have powers. Now the powers have been given is, what are they actually saying? They did this for the guards to give them more power so they could to, they could crack down on Well, this. let me just say, it makes it easier on the guardee because they can go in anytime they want to look at yesterday, two days ago, a week ago. They don't have to catch people in the act anymore. Well, that's that's fine, but who, like at the end of the day, are they going to, who, who's going to do this for the guards are they going to have, they have to have people, are, so do the restaurants have to pull up all the information? Is it your understanding that the guards will call in and ask to see your your records but for sure, whatever if, day if they want? If you do that on the night for people, for most operations, that's fine. If you're nothing to hide, that's absolutely fine. But what are they saying? That someone that's after getting contact in COVID and was a customer in a restaurant or a bar and they want to get their receipts and then if they don't, can't produce a receipt, they're sending it to the DPP, a file? What, what's it all about like? At the end of the day, if they want to police it on the night, come around, see, point out a table or money tables. Have they had food? Yeah, there's the receipts because most systems can do it on the night or uh, of that day. Listen, as I said, for me, looking at this, I'm okay with it. But it's not all about me being okay. Like at the end of the day, this all started under the premise that we were, it was from a protecting the most vulnerable in society. Well, now that has changed to the most vulnerable aren't just health-wise. We are talking about people's livelihoods. And what they're doing is they're putting so many blocks and restrictions in there. Businesses are going to go under and families are going to, families won't have a livelihood. So it's turning into the time now that the cure is, 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 worse than the disease. But, but maybe they have to do something like this because so many people are flouting the rule of if you're having drink, you must have a meal. 
hundred percent. If that that is the rule, and that's what we all live by, and that's what we do, and the majority of people that do that. The people that are flouting the law, it's not hard to figure it out. It's just give the guards power to go in, okay, you're flouting the law, you're closed for a week, or you're closed for two weeks. Simple as, done. You don't have to... So restaurants that serve food now or pubs that serve food not only will have to keep a record of the food for 28 days, but a record of the person who ate the food for 28 days. Well, that record is always... uh, uh, Well, that's fine for contact tracing because like that, 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 that part of it makes sense. But it's the, like having someone's information that they were in there and that either they or one of their party have tested positive for COVID, at least on that night in time, you can tell all the other diners you were in the restaurant. Yes, but they have that. that information already. You give that up every time you go into a business. 100%, yeah. But see, this is the problem. And this makes sense. And no one has an issue with this. No one has an issue with this. The problem is they've gone a further step that, step that pushes people away and actually are stop pe- stopping people to buy into the whole thing. Hold on there a second, I'll come back to you. Go Michael O'Donovan from the Vintners, he's the Cork yeah. City Vintners officer. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Neil. What's your, what's your understanding of this uh, initiative or this rule? Look, I suppose, Neil, it's, um, I suppose it's, it's nearly gone, bureaucracy gone mad, it's bizarre. Um, to Somebody calls it in. bonkers. Yeah, look, we, we, we understand why they're bringing it in, but like uh, as Mike said there, here to now, it was probably the lead uh, party of any group of six at a table that you took their contact details of. Now you have to be getting details, if you have a table of six, of all six names and keeping a record then of all the six meals that they, that they have. So, like I think, there was no consultation on this um, by Minister Stephen Donnelly. He brought it in Wednesday evening under statutory instrument and... Uh, the first thing I, I, that we knew of it was probably about half nine, ten o'clock yesterday morning when we got the email from Fault Ireland that the guidelines were updated. Um, it's creating another layer of bureaucracy by keeping, like when, when somebody goes to pay, you have to print off the receipts, you have to print off multiple receipts now uh, to keep a copy with each name of what the people had. And like keeping that for 28 days, it's just creating extra jobs. Or so extra can you just clarify that? Do you have to keep a record of every single person and what they ate as opposed to a receipt of the table what everybody ate? No, you have to keep each person, you have to record what they ate on the night or on the the day. So like everybody, while you might have a group there, somebody will have to work out then when when the person pays the receipt what each person has had from that receipt. And and will bars and bar restaurants be able to do that? It'll be difficult, Neil, like as Michael there said that uh, he has a system in place that, uh, that he can do it, but like lots of places mightn't have such a system. So it's going to create a lot of paperwork for a lot of uh, places. Uh, and, like, why do they be- want to know that kind of detail? Like the food that you eat won't give you coronavirus. <laughs> well, no, it won't. Um, why, why are they trying to do it? Um, look, I, I suppose, as Mike said, it's, it's to make sure that people do have food when they are having, uh, consuming alcohol in the premises. So it's, um, it's part of uh, that practice in, in that regard. We have no issue with it. But like, the consultation should have taken place and it should have been, we should have been brought in to, to talk. Uh, so it's just, that, it's just that it's going to be very time consuming and laborious. Um, like, is that your only issue with it or, or is there a bigger picture here that like publicans are worried that they're going to be caught because many of them haven't been serving food? 
O'Neill, look, it, it, absolutely, it's going to be laborious. It's going to be very time-consuming, very, very time-consuming. Look, the, the vast majority of publicans out there are, even by the Gardaí records, like at, at present, I think we're well over 36,000 inspections, and they're all unannounced inspections. And like today, it's, it's still under 200 uh, cases where there's been breaches. And look, we've been on the record from the very start of saying anybody that has been found in breach... Um, should feel the full rigours of the law. There's no, there's no ambiguity. So now that. another agency or another arm of the state would have a record of who I am, where I was, the time I was there, what I spent and what I ate and who I was with. Yes. And should, yeah. I, should I be bothered about that? Well, look, it would be up to the public to, I think, I think uh, have that conversation for, for, from our viewpoint we have to carry it out. It's in the guidelines for any bar that's that's open now and um, that's serving food. These are the new guidelines that are issued since yesterday. And look, we don't have a choice, but I think it comes to a state now where, you know, some of these bizarre guidelines that are being brought out, um, it'll force people to, to break them because I'm not sure if this will be, um, you know, practical because it'll just take so much time. Um, will people get it right all the time? I'm not so sure because, you know, if you're busy, will you make a, sm- uh, you know, a staff member make a mistake on putting the wrong meal with the wrong person? Like, what will be the implications for it? It's left more questions than answers, to be honest, Neil. Okay, but again, this may not have been needed if the government weren't hearing or getting evidence of pubs that weren't serving food, that opened under the pretense of selling food. But what, what, could, do you either have, have an opinion? Because my understanding of it yesterday was that pubs, I hate the term wet pubs, but they're pubs that don't serve food. I would say traditional pubs. That the proposal is they would open in early August, October and you'll get, a, you'll get um, a bit of advance warning on that. Why would we be talking about opening traditional pubs on the one hand and introducing this new regulation um, because it becomes defunct in October when the other pubs open. Yes, look, Neil, we've, well, I suppose we've had mixed messages in the last 48 hours. While we welcome very much what the Tarnista and the Minister for Justice, Helen McAtee, said, um, you know, that they would like to see the wet pubs opening. We're the only ones in Europe now that that term wet pub is used uh, that, are, that are still closed. But on the other hand, we've had Professor Nolan and Neffet come out as well in the last 48 hours and said they don't think the time is right now for wet pubs to open. So, like, we take two steps forward and then we're hit with a whammy and we're sent back again. So so you're a little less confident of early October, are you? Well, look, I, the honest answer is, Neil, we don't know. Um, look, the 13th of September, they're reissuing another roadmap and we're hoping that they'll give us clarity on a date. Um, on that day, the 13th of, of uh, or sorry, the 13th of September, they're reissuing the ro- another roadmap. We hope to get clarity that day of um, a date into the future that they will allow us open. But look, the sound bites are grand to say in front of media when they came to the cabinet decision last week, the tarnished a couple of weeks back was very uh, easy in saying in front of the camera that they had to give support to the pubs, that we had to look after the pubs that are still closed. But yes, last week in the cabinet meeting when they did give us the supports uh, up to last Sunday, that equated to 64 euros a week for any pub that's closed. That's that, that's not sufficient. Okay. And like that's dividing even more this week because that was only at 25 weeks. We're now in week 26. I don't know what's going on with Leo Varadkar. I don't know whether he still thinks he's Taoiseach, but if he were Taoiseach and he said the things that he said, then he would be opening the pubs in spite of what Neff had said. 
but because he's tarnished him, maybe he can say these things knowing that really, you know, he hasn't got the last call. And But Mike, can I just ask you, this new proposal now that kicks in where people get some money back, it's actually a bit of a tax rebate next year. Uh, can you yeah. follow that? I mean, the British system was a huge, roaring success. You got a tenner off your meal for a month or six weeks or something. Uh, and then the businesses claimed it back from the government. Why don't, they, do, why don't they keep it simple here? They love making it difficult. Um, I suppose the thing is that like, they've ruled too many people out of it as well. This is all about um, getting money back to people and getting people to spend money. But to be honest with you, a lot of people that, could, that can claim this back uh, are, should be getting more help as well. The, the, the lower paid the pensioners. Like, it, it, it's a, it's a, what's going to happen with this? It's just, it's a bit, it's a bit of a headline news story. It's actually, there's no substance to actual proper support with, as Michael just said, that the bit that our industry needs, and the big thing about this is, if you go away over the Easter or say um, midterm, and you go to a hotel, spend spend a couple of nights in the hotel with the family, you've got you've got that allocation of you can then submit in, and that's done. I don't see it um, stimulating business during during uh, the winter. Whereas the English system was, you had to come out on a Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday to claim this back so we're stimulating business but you got it food. off your bill it was taken off the bill in the restaurant yep. if if you go out with somebody else or if four people go out to dinner under this new initiative you're each going to have to get four separate receipts for your food but see going back to what Michael was saying there a minute ago about people getting separate bills now there is a bit of a grey area on that but yes that's one interpretation of it and we were, we've questioned that as well but if you have to split your bill on the table that has to be done at the till and if you want separate bills, so do we want people stand congregating around the till while a staff member prints it off or just print off one bill, hand it a table, they pay by card or cash? Or do we want people standing around, divvying up who had what, so what at a till, we're bringing people closer together? So That's why didn't the Restaurant Association of Ireland tell them that it was a stupid idea and they should follow the British model? We have done. We, we were talking about the British model all along. So you maybe know, this was, because this kind of smacks of, yes, Prime Minister, was this initiative put together by civil servants, do you think? See, a lot of, a lot, a lot of these problems, these things, it's, it's like this, re, this, this being signed into uh, law, this, this latest decision. There was a problem of sorts that was, had an easier fix. You had people that had looked at it, that analysed it, and they handed it to a minister to assign that this is the best for the country, without people actually analysing what's after, what are the knock-on effects. And this has been becoming our biggest problem. We're rolling into this. Who's actually running the country? Are we ta- at the end of the day, we have people that there's a, a total lack of understanding of running of the operations in our side of things. That anyone that could suggest that this would be easy to do it by any means, even with the most modern systems, is a bit deluded. And let alone the smaller family units that are operating for years that wouldn't have that technology. And it shows a total lack of empathy with all these businesses it's okay. just bring in a law that's it and then and it, it, they're not, they don't care what's not going to affect people okay of course clearly uh, Michael this doesn't include uh, alcohol this is for the serving and buying of food um, 25 euro it's 25 euro isn't this Neil every, you have to have a minimum of 25 euro on your bill yeah, you get 20% back of the 25 euro in tax yeah. credits wow that makes yeah. me feel really good all over yeah, but I can automatically get for my uniform every year if I put it through, I think, 40 euro. And there's no receipts. Look for that. I just sign it off. A lot of this thing is you're going to be getting people to get receipts. 
but it's going to be an automatic payout for anyone that can claim back tax. I know they can upload it and everything else, but like you'll just put up receipts through the, week, through the year, uh, the same you, you would do if you're claiming anything back. It's not that. It's not going to dry. It's not going to make people come out and eat. It's not going to be. Oh, I need to go to eat now. And get okay. this receipt. You know. Whereas, okay. okay. Let me get the last word to Michael O'Donovan because at least you guys and your restaurants are open. Many of the people he represents are not. Yeah. Um, uh, are you Are you losing more and more as the days and weeks go by, Michael? Uh, absolutely, Neil. <laughs> our bills still have to be paid. Our utility bills, our insurance. You know, your security costs, um, and like. Look, most of us, for the the, date, the 20th of August, we all got our bars set up. Uh, we had outgoings. We paid for things. It's it's just getting infuriating now at this stage, you know, that we're, um, as we keep saying, we're the last uh, outpost in Europe, really, to be um, to be left open. And look, we're just asking for the chance to, to be given that opportunity. Um, if they give us the guidelines, you know, we can follow the guidelines um, for the, the pubs that are still closed uh, to reopen. And I think a lot of this like what they're introducing now with these uh, uh, bizarre guidelines that they've brought out yesterday. Um, you know, they'll be, they'll be defunct in a couple of weeks' time, hopefully, uh, if we do get the opportunity to That's the thing. Open if the, the pub. pub's open, then this system is just a complete waste of time and energy. OK, yeah. gentlemen, thank you both for now. Michael O'Donovan from the Vintners and, indeed, uh, Mike Ryan from Cockbull and Corn Store. Let's get to the phone lines on this just ahead of an ad break. Amy, good morning. Hi, Neil. How are you? What are your thoughts on this? So, like, my main concern listening to the whole lot of it is where is GDPR coming into this? Um, it's kind of, yeah, because receipts, receipts that the revenue or anyone would see in the past wouldn't have had your name on it. It would have just oh, been a receipt. That, you know, they, they're, they're looking for you to, to hold on to receipts of who was at what table and what exactly they ate. So if the guys come in and inspect that, like, I don't give my consent for any for any pub or any restaurant to to pass my information to the guardie or to the revenue that I was in the pub at this particular time or having having a meal or what I ate. Like, that's a breach of my data protection. Yeah, in fact, one of the papers pick up on that this morning. I'm not sure which one, whether or not it is GDPR compliant to come up with a system like that. Um, like, what, what they're doing is only guidelines. You know, there, there's not, no legislation passed on that. There's just guidelines that they're giving out. Actually, so restaurant like, chiefs are calling on the data protection watchdog to look into it and to rule it as being, um, you know, non-enforceable. Oh, completely. Like, again, you know, the, the, the pubs would be liable then for that. It's, it's the pub owner then that could look at being... Um, prosecuted by, by me or by anyone else that says, well, you passed my information. I didn't consent to that. So is it is it the case then, your understanding, that they keep the receipt and the record for 28 days and that includes the customer's name? It includes the customer's name and their contact number for the, for the, the process of contact tracing if it's required. But as far as I know, with the contact tracing, I don't think that can be passed to the HSE for GDPR either. It's the pub would actually have to contact yourself. So we do contact tracing in, in my work. We, you know, we, we have anyone that comes into us, we write it down. But if, if any of us had COVID or, or, you know, had close contact, it would be my company contacting the, the people directly that had been in with us. Yeah. Yeah. Because you, for, for compliance reasons, you can't pass it to the, the HSE. But you might say that you don't consent to it, but we possibly won't have any say in it. Yeah, I think, uh, like, as you say, the, the GDPR watchdog should be looking into it because it, it is a massive breach. You know, there's, there's 
there's nowhere in legislation says that that any company can can pass information without your consent unless it's like the welfare of a child. Because no matter where you go during COVID or not, that is your own personal business if you're not breaking the law. Exactly, yeah. 100%, 100%. Okay, thanks for that, Amy. Joan, good morning. Hi, um, I, like I... What I want to say about this, I don't believe the government are bringing this in for contact tracing. I think they're bringing it in to just try and trip up the people who are not following the rules. And I'll give you an example. My husband was in a, a very country pub now, like this was not a town, this was a small village. Um, he went in there at four o'clock. Now, I accept my husband shouldn't have done this, but he did. He went in there at four o'clock, left there about half past nine. Um, when they got into the pub, there was four people, all from different households, nobody questioned them or anything. When they sat at the table, there was already a handwritten receipt for food on the table. For them? them? Well, it was, it was on the table, yeah. And there was no, like, they didn't order the food, um, but it was on the table, um, and there was no question about them ordering food or questioning about why there should be more than three households or um, they didn't need No, just because maybe it's me, and I'm just a bit nosy on this. That wasn't a receipt left from the people before they no, sat at the table? No. This no, was a prop that they left on the table in this case. This was a prop on the table, and it was handwritten because I asked, I said, because I'm like, I work, I'm not frontline, but I do work in healthcare. And I just thought that was just atrocious. And how would that work now? Explain that to me. If a cop walked in or something, they'd be able to say, oh yeah, the order's just gone into the kitchen, here's the receipt. Did you have your receipt for your thing? And I did say that to him. Oh no, no, actually we ate it. No, the receipt would be, oh no, we ate it already, we're just having a drink afterwards. And I had asked him, I said, I thought maybe it was like a till receipt and I said, what time was on it? Because I said, surely the guards would check what time you ate and why you're still here or whatever. But he said it was a handwritten receipt. So no time on it, no anything. And can I ask you, did your husband go in, did your husband go in with, uh, you know, was his plan to eat in there? He's, to be fair, it was to eat. Now, I did say to him, look, you know, you shouldn't be going to the pub. Now, to be fair, this is his first trip to the pub since it's inventing opened. But um, so they, he did order pizza then because he hadn't had his dinner because his intention was that he would have to eat. And then it was a takeaway pizza, um, which was there was a five euro charge for it to be delivered then. So like that's a pub who all these wet pubs are referring to who, who want to open and say they will follow the rules. This is clearly a wet pub that has arranged for food to come in from the outside, which is fair enough, it's allowed. But absolutely flaunting the rules, do you know what I mean? So he bought um, the pizza because he wanted it. He didn't have to. Oh, no, no, he didn't have to at all. He just bought it because he didn't have any dinner, yeah. I got gotcha. you. But, but he, he did not have to order pizza. The other people at the table didn't order pizzas. Um, and, like, they left, I suppose, they were there four, four and a half hours at least. And they left of their own violation because somebody came to collect them. Um, they could have stayed know, as long know. as they want. And were you at all yeah. worried then that he would have been in that pub for as long as he was with other people mixing with loads of different people and you work in healthcare? Oh, absolutely. Like, and I was, I was quite annoyed even that he went because I just felt, no, I suppose everybody wants society to open up and everything. But I just think, you know, fair enough if they go into a pub, they wear their masks going in, they order their food, they're gone after 105 minutes or whatever it is. But, like, I mean, that's not what's happening. And it's, no matter what the pubs say, and I've been listening to them all morning there and all week and everything, like, they're not following the rules. Like, uh, just uh, just another example now. My husband got a, oh, a Snapchat video or a WhatsApp or something anyway. Of um, I won't say where now, but it was a nightclub in Cork City. And it was upstairs. And it was an absolute free-for-all up there. Um, when you describe free-for-all, what are you, what are you talking about? Oh, 
everybody drinking, standing like like what it would have been normal, standing around drinking. People were not sitting at tables. It wasn't table service, um, and people were drunk. And like this was sent to him from somebody who was at the like he even the person who was at it who would be younger person now. Um, he sent the video thinking, Jesus, look at this, look at what's going on here now. Um, so this is not about contact tracing. This is about clamping down and getting rid of those that are not following the guidelines, the pubs and restaurants. Definitely, because if you contact tracing, you just need the person's name, number. Like we say GA training and all that, they take your name and they have your number and if anything happens then you'll be contacted if you take the child to a match or whatever. Um, Like nobody's interested that somebody had a pizza or somebody had five burgers or what? do you know what I mean nobody's interested in that but it's, it's, it's the flaunting of the rules that just it's, it's outrageous it really is do you know and that's what this is about to get those that are flaunting the rules and your, your work in healthcare is it in a hospital scenario or in, in residential in a hospital scenario now I'm, not, I'm office based but I suppose you know I do see like those programs of the people dying up in Dublin the COVID hospitals and all that like I mean I just think it's atrocious and like we see how schools are closing down like there's two more schools in Kerry I think today Yeah but can I just ask you somebody in healthcare I understand that mm-hmm. people died during the Covid pandemic there's nobody dying now right but the, but every single day there's people many many people hundreds and hundreds of people are dying from cancer and we have an ever increasing amount of people dying from suicide and we have people dying from addictions whether it's narcotics or alcohol like are we not turning the country into a bit of a wasteland, like economically and with regards to all of the other illnesses that are killing people when coronavirus isn't killing anyone? Well, it probably isn't now, but it has killed people. And, you know, I just think now, you know, I'm older and older as in I'm not a, in my 20s. Um, so maybe I can see why maybe people in their 20s want to be out. They don't want to be restricted and all that. But like, I mean... We'll just say if if you had a parent that died, do you know what I mean? And I and I know I heard people on the radio there one day and they were saying, look, it's, it's, there's going to be a cost, people are going to die and we just have to get on with it. And that's all very well if you're somebody who thinks that if you get it, you know, I'll be sick, but I'll survive it. But, like, I mean, I, mean, I don't have elderly parents, but, but I do have elderly in-laws, we'll say. It would kill them if they got it. And I, I, I don't know, I, ju- I just think... Um, and and I and I do wonder how many of us have, um, you know, this adult like like they did a review there on the people who died, and I don't know, a very high percentage of them all had heart failure or heart disease, heart, a chronic heart, a chronic yeah. heart disease, yeah, yeah. And then you have these these adults, um, sudden adult death syndrome, like these people just drop down and they don't know, and it's generally heart related. Any of us could be walking around with that, and we don't know. I I, I just. No, so I think the confusion at the time was how many people died of coronavirus and how many people died of other things but all, and also had coronavirus. That was the confusion with the number. Anyway, we'll... Yeah. Yeah, and I, was, and I, I, I do understand and that, you know, yeah, people are dying of cancer and whatever, but, but I would imagine if, if cancer could be stopped because we cut out a few things in society, don't you think we would do that? Oh, oh, I know. I mean, it's just like, that like, we, we, we have the numbers being announced every day. The amount of people that are COVID positive, no deaths. COVID positive, no deaths. COVID positive, no deaths. I just, I'm just wondering, uh, you know, should we, be, should we be looking at doing things differently now, really? I mean, but then again, when you think of it, there's very little not actually happening now, apart from going on summer holidays overseas and going to the pub. Most, like, people have an opportunity to go back if they wish to work, don't they? Oh, they do, and everything is open, and people do have an opportunity to go to the the pub, but they're they're just not following the rules. 
Well, and no, I, not that when I say the pub, I mean the traditional pub. It's the, it's, they're the only people now that seem to be kind of, uh, um, still corralled as a, as a, as a, as an industry that can't open, you know? Everybody else, everybody else, like, you can, well, the, I shouldn't say that actually, because the more I think of it, the arts and theatres and music and everything are in the same ball game also, so. Um, okay, no, let me even get. restaurants are fairly strict, we'll say, like me. No, but at least they're open. But, but, but as I'm saying, they're strict. You have to wear your mask going in and you order your food, you leave after an hour and a half. And I do think other pubs could open if, if, if they just follow the rules. And now I know there's a whole load with young people and probably off license, off license sales and stuff like that. But um, I just, I think if everybody played by the rules, you know, like we say the kids that are getting it now in the schools and classes are closing every day. And like, that's quite a worry. Um, and they're probably most likely not getting it in the school. They're getting it at home or whatever. Is that people then going to the pub, going to places? Like I see people gathered outside of, we say, GA matches. And to be fair now, they do send out texts saying you're not to be gathering and congregating and stuff like that. But parents are, they're not, they're just not taking this. And I know we can't take it seriously. Yeah, ever. the school gate stuff. I've been hearing a lot of that as well. Yeah. Okay, I covered a lot of ground there with you, Joan, but I need to move on. Thanks for taking the call. Back after the break. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Okay, I'll come back to uh, the aspect of uh, home drinking and supermarkets and off-licenses in a few minutes' time because a very interesting article in the Examiner on that this morning. But um, Liam is standing by. Malcolm, Eileen, Sean. But first up, Adele, good morning. Oh, good morning, Neil. How are you? Why is it the last straw? Oh, I don't know. I just felt that we were happy to go out for a meal. We understood the face mask, the visors. Now, they do take a little bit away, obviously, from the ambience and the enjoyment of the the, the meal. But we were we understood that it was communicated well. This then, I actually looked at the calendar this morning and said, is it April the 1st when I heard about that they have to log what we're eating uh, for and keep it for 28 days or whatever. That's so, my understanding of it. I'm open to correction yeah. on that. They log the food and your name and everything and what you ate. Yeah, so it's just for me, I'm not saying I'll never go to a restaurant again, obviously, because you want to support the industry as best you can, particularly over these autumn and winter months. But if we have nothing to so hide, if we have nothing to hide, what's the problem? If you're not breaking the law... Oh, I know that, but you know, it's not like we all have our privacy. We all have, you know, things that we're we're happy to share with other people. But I just think this is a step too far in terms of control. I see it as just further control. I don't understand why, if people are breaking the law, let them go after those people, you know, rather than penalising the guys that are doing it well, and you know, making it even maybe more uninviting for people like me who say, well, I don't really want people to know, you know, for 28 days what I ate, where I ate it, my, everything about me in terms of my, my night out, who I was with. And then what's going to be next, you know, is it going to be a clock in and a clock out system that they can monitor you in terms of time? Is that the next thing? And I well, they're already doing that. They are monitoring your time. Or at least yeah, they're supposed to. So, I know some again. Some of them are, and some of them aren't. So I know, but they, but but yeah, but certainly the guideline is to monitor your time. But now they know who you are and what you ate. You refer to it as being a police state. I I, I just feel. I mean, um, one of the Fianna Fáil TD said a Stasi state. Now that might be a very harsh word, but you know, people like me were called the ordinary people. You know, we don't have platforms except I'm on the radio now, which is probably the first time ever, um, and. Um, 
you know, we do feel that we're, we're giving away more and more control. And if we can understand why we're doing that, yeah, fine. But this is so badly communicated, like most of the messages that have come out since the change of government. And I'm no Fianna Gaylor and I'm no Fianna Fáilor. But let's communicate, let's understand why we're being asked to do this. And if you watch Prime Time last night, there was a professor on and he talked the best sense I've ever heard over the last couple of weeks. And he's a geriatrician, I think from Tala Hospital. And he actually said that the older people coming to him, and this is actually very sad, some of them are saying they would actually prefer to die than to live with these restrictions of whether it's the pub or the restaurant or, mm-hmm. ma- or mass, not getting to the church, maybe now... I know, but don't they know the that it's, it's, it's there, the people that we're trying to protect? So oh, that yeah. they won't sure. die. But you're saying yeah, they prefer sure to die. That, that's what he said. You can go back and check it. I'm obviously paraphrasing now because... But even Mary McCallaghan came back to it and said, that is such a sad statement. And he stood over it. He said, you know, people want to live their lives as best they can, you know, rather than living with this abject fear all of the time. You know, we have to be able to move on. And I think well, I had told the story, I told the story earlier in the week of an elderly man who was uh, well into his 80s, lived alone, cooked, cleaned his own house, went walking, went to the pub, had friends, went to matches, all sorts of things like that. Uh, you know, coronavirus came along and he couldn't go out. He went rapidly downhill. His health yeah. started to fail. His mind started to go. He um, needed to go into care. He ended up in a home, went into the home, um, completely went in on himself. Absolutely went in on himself. Had a bad fall, broke his hip, and now he's very, very ill. And all of that was yeah. a consequence of this. Well, I think that's just one example of probably loads of examples when all of this dies down and people are able to look back and reflect. You know, like Stephen Donnelly saying initially that a trampoline was as risky as the coronavirus nearly, and now we're being led on to more and more rules and regulations. And not all elderly people. The elderly people can recover from coronavirus as well. Many well, of them have, thank you. Yeah, well, I know, but they are the most vulnerable group, you know. Oh, they are, Absolutely. There's no question of that. But people have to take their own responsibility. And if they want to live life a little bit more, you know, and live a happy life rather than a life of fear. So yeah, I know. Balance yeah. Right, no, you, you put know? that very well. Thank you for that, Adele. Do appreciate it. Okay. Thank you. Have that a good day. Well. Actually, Thank when you. you talk about the elderly, um, just look at this new staycation tax break now they come up with, you know. So um, if you're elderly and you're on um, an OAP pension or something, you're not going to get um, this meal deal. Or if you're a low pay, you're not going to get it. Or if you're poor, you're not going to get it because you're not going to have any credits to play around with. Um, so again, an awful lot of people, you know, left out of even this, you know, 20% off the meal. Um, on top of the fact that, you know, the British did it so well, it was just a tenner off your meal. Uh, and everybody went out. They absolutely went nuts for it because they could see it like it was, it was, it was fun. You can actually go and say, oh, I'm getting a bargain here. This is fantastic. Tax credits, Boring. Boring. Uh, back to the phone lines. Eileen, good morning. Um, she should be on... Fu- there you are. Sorry, Eileen, go ahead. No, you're fine. How are you? And my apologies to Sean, you're next. Go ahead. I'll plough through some calls. No bother. I suppose it was just the last straw, really. I nearly went into the ditch in the car yesterday when I heard the thing about um, keeping a note of what we eat in the restaurants. You just kind of feel, you know, is there any brain up there whatsoever? 
to pay, make any logic out of this. It's just pushing people over the edge. And you know what that lady said there before about the elderly? I have a huge issue with this because, you know, we can say to the elderly and all of us, you know, this is dangerous, yes, but so are many other illnesses. So what do we do to try and prevent it? We maybe try and build our immunity. Maybe give advice as to what supplements people should take. Maybe try and advise them to get healthier and walk, not oh, stop them walking. I, I know, I know. The yeah. and the fear-mongering, Neil, is destroying lives. And I think, like, what's going to come down the track from this is going to be horrendous. I think we're a very tunnel vision government, not people. The people are amazing. But, you know, they go in a very tunnel vision with um, so many things when it comes to mental health and uh, so many other things. But like, So what would you do now? We're in September and we're heading into the winter and there could be a vomiting blog and there could be the winter, there could be the uh, flu and it could be a particularly bad strain of the flu. And we'd have this thing knocking around at the same time. What would you do? Well, I think obviously we have to keep going with this um, sanitation and washing hands and educating people best on how to do that. That's a no-brainer. But I think when they're going to bring in, and if and when they're bringing in these new rules, there has to be logic to them. That has to, they have to make sense because people, to be fair, are really struggling. The waiting list in different areas in the hospital is through the roof. We'd over 125 beds in CUH yesterday on our people on trolleys. Like, the HSE system couldn't handle our health system before this happened. I just think somebody who has an actual pair has to start making decisions that make sense and get things back in track. We're going to lose a hell of a lot more people to the likes of cancer, depression, suicide, without a shadow of a doubt. Like there's numbers coming up there of how many people have taken their lives in the last month against how many people we've lost to COVID. I'm not saying COVID isn't an issue. Of course it is. But do people not have a choice to live their life if they want to? Like if someone wants to, especially the elderly, like I remember having a discussion with someone and they said, you know, maybe just put all of us in a room, put a lock on it, and would that just help? Just get rid of us? Like they were given an awful... Well, that's know, a very unfair, that's have. very unfair of, of, of an elderly person to say that. When, oh, when, when, so. when this wasteland was created, by and large, to protect the elderly, the sick and the vulnerable. But are they, do they not have an intelligent mind of their own? Like, I mean, no, but you're, you're suggesting, you're suggesting to give them, I mean, if, if you are, it's, all, it's your opinion. You're <laughs> suggesting that elderly people or those who are, are immunosuppressant or are ill or are maybe weaker than a healthy person, that they should be given the choice to either stay in or go out and die young, die, die sooner. Well, die sooner. No, but I'm saying, like, why, why, it's, it's a negativity in the scaremongering I have an issue with. Like, older people are at home, they can't go out. So most of them are listening to every TV programme, every radio station. There's nothing, very little positive. I'm saying, could we not try and educate them on how to protect their immunity, build their immunity, so they're at a better stage to fight this thing? There is a lot of elderly people have fought it and have come through all over the world. Like, there's a lot of elderly people who are a lot fitter than 50, 60-year-olds. Loads of them. I just think the negativity and the scaremongering is really unfair and very dangerous on the mental health. Okay. And when it comes to rural Ireland, I do think a lot of these rules are made for Dublin. You know, I think rural Ireland has been absolutely hung out to dry with the pubs and the mental health situation. I just think, and I think a majority of people agree with this. It's an absolute disgrace. I mean, what's stopping, what's stopping the pubs opening between six and nine in the country areas that at least people, it gives the elderly a, a reason to get up in the morning, a reason to wash and get dressed, a reason to stay upbeat, to actually communicate with somebody else. Well, like, well, that's a no-brainer. How hard is it to control something like that? Mm. Like, why can't they just police the, police the new ruling so that all the big bars and all, you know, who might be doing the wrong thing, why aren't they pleased and shut down? But this is a way of doing that. This is a way of doing spot checks to see uh, who was in. Whether checking, what we're eating. Seriously. I mean, can they not spot check if 
pubs if everyone's langers inside the pub falling around each other. Yeah, That's but, the problem. Yeah, but they don't, they'll no longer have to catch people in the act now. They can just go in a day later, two days later, look at any particular day. But what are they catching them doing? Um, serving drink and not food. But really, Neil, is that the bigger issue here? Like, is the fact that someone has a chicken curry with their pint going to stop them getting the COVID? Okay. Like, I've never... Okay. Anyway, I just think Pick it up. we need to look a bit further Leave and it support at that. our rural Ireland and support our elderly. Thanks a lot there. for that. Thanks, Celine. We're back up to 10 with more calls. I was in Killarney a few weeks back. Says, Tom, I had to give my first name and phone number to every establishment that served food and alcoholic beverages. I gave them my details. I ate nice food. I had a few drinks. I went home after that. It was easy. If people don't want to do it, then just don't go out. Text 0868104106, back after 10. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 1851-04106. Red FM. Back to the phone lines. Eileen, good morning. Um, she should be on... Fu- there you are. Sorry, Eileen, go ahead. No, you're fine. How are you? And my apologies to Sean, you're next. Go ahead. I'll plow through some calls. No bother. I suppose it was just the last straw, really. I nearly went into the ditch in the car yesterday when I heard the thing about... Um, keeping a note of what we eat in the restaurants, you just kind of feel, you know, is there any brain up there whatsoever to pay, make any logic out of this? It's just pushing people over the edge. And you know what that lady said there before about the elderly? I have a huge issue with this because, you know, we can't say to the elderly and all of us, you know, this is dangerous, yes, but so are many other illnesses. So what do we do to try and prevent it? We maybe try and build our immunity. Maybe give advice as to what supplements people should take. Maybe try and advise them to get healthier and walk, not oh, stop them walking. Uh, I, I know, I know. The yeah. and the fear-mongering, Neil, is destroying lives. And I think, like, what's going to come down the track from this is going to be horrendous. I think we're a very tunnel-vision government, not people. The people are amazing. But, you know, they go in a very tunnel vision with um, so many things when it comes to mental health and oh God, so many other things. But like, So what would you do now? We're in September and we're heading into the winter and there could be a vomiting blog and there could be the winter, there could be the a flu and it could be a particularly bad strain of the flu. And we'd have this thing knocking around at the same time. What would you do? Well, I think obviously we have to keep going with this um, sanitation and washing hands and educating people best on how to do that. That's a no-brainer. But I think when they're going to bring in, and if and when they're bringing in these new rules, there has to be logic to them. That have to, they have to make sense because people, to be fair, are really struggling. The waiting list in different areas in the hospital is through the roof. We'd over 125 beds in CUH yesterday on our people on trolleys. Like, the HSE system couldn't handle our health system before this happened. I just think somebody who has an actual pair has to start making decisions that make sense and get things back in track, we're going to lose a hell of a lot more people to the likes of cancer, depression, suicide, without a shadow of a doubt. Like, there's numbers coming up there of how many people have taken their lives in the last month against how many people we've lost to COVID. I'm not saying COVID isn't an issue. Of course it is. But do people not have a choice to live their life if they want to? Like, if someone wants to, especially the elderly, like, I remember having a discussion with someone and they said, you know, maybe just put all of us in a room, put a lock on it, and would that just help? Just get rid of us? Like, they were given... An awful. Well, that's know, a very unfair. That's up. very unfair of, of an elderly person to say that. When, oh, when, when, so. when this wasteland was created, by and large, to protect the elderly, the sick, and the vulnerable. But are they, do they not have an intelligent mind of their own? Like, I mean, oh, but you're, you're suggesting you're walk. suggesting to give them. I mean, if if you are, it's all it's your opinion. You're <laughs> suggesting that elderly people are those who are, are immunosuppressant or are ill or are maybe weaker than a healthy person that they should be given the choice to either stay in or go out and die young. Die, die sooner. Yeah. Die sooner. No, but I'm saying, like, why, why, it's the, it's the negativity and the scaremongering I have an issue with. 
it's like older people are at home, they can't go out. So most of them are listening to every TV programme, every radio station. There's nothing, very little positive. I'm saying, could we not try and educate them on how to protect their immunity, build their immunity? so they're at a better stage to fight this thing. There is a lot of elderly people have fought it and have come through all over the world. Like, there's a lot of elderly people are a lot fitter than 50, 60-year-olds, loads of them. I just think the negativity and the scaremongering is really unfair and very dangerous on the mental health. And when it comes to rural Ireland, I do think a lot of these rules are made for Dublin. You know, I think rural Ireland has been absolutely hung out to dry with the pubs and the mental health situation. I just think, and I think a majority of people agree with this, it's an absolute disgrace. I mean, what's stopping, what's stopping the pubs opening between six and nine in the country areas that at least people, it gives the elderly a, a reason to get up in the morning, a reason to wash and get dressed, a reason to stay upbeat, to actually communicate with somebody else. Well, like, well, that's a no-brainer. How hard is it to control something like that? Like, why can't they just police the, police the new ruling so that all the big bars and all, you know, who might be doing the wrong thing, why aren't they pleased and shut down? But this is a way of doing that. This is a way of doing spot checks to see uh, who was in. What are checking? What we're eating? Seriously. I mean, can they not spot check if pubs, if everyone's langers inside the pub falling around each other? That's the problem. Yeah, but they don't, they'll no longer have to catch people in the act now. They can just go in a day later, two days later, look at any particular day. But what are they catching them doing? Um, Serving drink and not food. But really, Neil, is that the bigger issue here? Like, is the fact that someone has a chicken curry with their pint going to stop them getting the covers? Okay. Like, I've never... Okay. Anyway, I just think Pick it up. we need to look a bit further Leave and it support at that. our rural Ireland and support our elderly. Thanks a lot for that. Thanks, Celine. We're back after 10 with more calls. I was in Killarney a few weeks back. Says, Tom, I had to give my first name and phone number to every establishment that served food and alcoholic beverages. I gave them my details. I ate nice food. I had a few drinks. I went home after that. It was easy. If people don't want to do it, then just don't go out. Text 0868104106 back after 10. The Neil Prenderville Show. With Tesco. Save time and shop online. Simply log on to tesco.ie. So a record of uh, who you are, where you were, um, and uh, you know what you ate, uh, and the length of time that you stayed there would be kept for 28 days. They can be checked by the Guardi at any time. Now, what's very confusing to me is there are two different reasons for this being given in a question of the hse they came back and said restaurants are asked to keep records for 28 days to facilitate contact tracing in the case of an incidence of covid19 at the restaurant that's the hse's take on it the department of health while stephen donnelly is saying and he's the health minister the purpose of this regulation is to protect the vast majority of proprietors who are complying with the requirements of providing a substantial meal and to allow the enforcement powers to be used on those who do not comply so he's saying it's to catch those that aren't playing ball and serving no food and serving lots of drink or putting up fake receipts or empty pizza boxes while the department of health is saying well no actually it's for contact tracing but I thought we had all of that already so confusion everywhere you turn in this here country with regards to those that are attempting to run it. There's no confusion about Free Food Friday. You just text me who you are and where you are. Let us know where you're working and who you're with and are you happy to be back, etc., etc. Text 086-8104-106 and Oak Fire Pizza, Princess Street, Clonakilty and Bandon could well be sorting lunch out for you and your workmates. We're talking large pizzas with lots of different sides and baby potatoes and garlic bread and dips and drinks and little mini cheesecake tasters for dessert. So we'll feed a fair 
zero wacky. All right, so text 0868104106. Who you are and where you are. We'll pick a winner uh, just before midday today and we'll do some shout outs between now and then. Back to the phone lines we go. Sean, you've waited an age. My apologies. What's on your mind? Oh, no problem. I, I enjoyed it. I think your, your callers made great points. Okay, so what? let's hear from you. Well, like usually in the media every day, it's, it's just focused on kind of picking apart the new regulations. And I, I don't think it's doing much good that kind of attention in the media is about as good as kind of rearranging the dictators on the Titanic, like the government and effort are after crashing the economy and, and society as well, really, with everybody shut indoors, like your previous callers were saying. Well, whatever way it is now, um, crashing the country really won't be seen until maybe uh, the back end of this year and into the new year, you know? That's when we'll see perhaps a wasteland. Yeah, and a lot of the effects are going to be pushed forward like your callers were saying how many people are going to have ill health in the future because they missed appointments or they weren't being able to get diagnosed for cancer or heart conditions or circulatory disorders. I know, I know all of that and and, and that's kind of like that's kind of like the Swedish model, right? Where there was no lockdown, there was no restrictions they relied on the public to wash their hands stay apart, yada 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 but yeah. a, an awful so similar lot... similar to Sweden when you look at... No, but hang on a second. An awful lot of elderly people died in Sweden because of that. But they had, was it three times as many... Was it two, two or three times as many elderly people? But if you look at it, the proportion of elderly people that died in Sweden and Ireland, it's pretty much the same. Okay, all right. They okay. had a much higher elderly population. And the CSO figures, like I remember reading a note on the CSO back in May and they said, um, be, be expected in the future that the COVID death figure will be different from the NEFET figure because the, their message of accounting the underlying cause of death is, is different. Well, there was a huge proportion of people who died from COVID. Um, elderly people had, say, for instance, chronic heart disease. Yeah. But you see, that was the big one. there's a moral aspect to that, really, you know. You still don't want people to die even if they're dying? Of, of course not, but like you said, there's what, 90 people have died of all causes every day and people weren't allowed to, to grieve for them properly. I mean, that's 90 groups of families and friends every day that were affected. And But you see, the difference between a lot of them, you could say that all illnesses and all diseases are preventable. Some are, some aren't, but... With the issue that, say, those in power, those running the country or the medics would tell you is that COVID-19 is preventable if we do all of the right things. Well, there, like I looked up, I wanted to see, um, I just Googled how many kind of flu deaths do we have in Ireland? And the first hit was HSE. And it said in a typical year, between 300 and 500. Yeah. And in a bad flu season, it's 1,000. Now, we looked at the latest excess debt figures in Ireland and it's 850 and that was that was this this month's revised figure and last month it was 1100 and the I mean if you go back to but that's all causes of death that's yeah they're excess figure yeah but when you you have to compare that to the the kind of government number back in May it was 1700 yeah and it, it kind of begs the question how are the debts being recorded? Is this accurate? When, when we look at the excess debt figure now, it's 850. 
and I, I mean, I'd love more discussion about that in the media, but I, I know the government are putting up these new regulations every day and are kind of driving discussion around that. Because you say COVID deaths are back to zero, it's time to move on. There, and, and you, you can look at graphs from all over the world, really, and, and you see there was a peak in April and May, and now they're back down to zero, thankfully. But people are testing more, that's the thing. Like, I've been tested twice this week, and I feel fine, you know, but it's just for a new job application. Are people testing people now when they hire them? Yeah, for for my case, anyway, and for for the hundreds of people for this new job, they're testing them, yeah. Is it because you'd be working with the public, or you'd be in close contact with other colleagues? Close contact, I'd say, yeah. So if you if you test positive, you don't get the job, obviously, or you get the job after you quarantine for two weeks, which? I probably don't get the job because okay. it's only a, a short-term job anyway. Okay, okay. Okay, COVID deaths are zero. Time to move on. Thank you, Sean. Malcolm, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Good. Uh, quite a big response to this. Um, many people feeling that it's really one more step towards a police state. What do you think of it? 100% need. Look, a lot of people out there would think that you have all these conspiracy theorists out there, which is fair enough. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. But for me, I think there's a bigger picture here. And yes, this COVID is here. We all know that. And it is a deadly disease. But I think they're jumping on the bandwagon with this as well, in my opinion. Look, as I said, everyone's entitled to their, to their opinion. But I don't know whether I read it somewhere last year. The Bank of Ireland and the EIB sold the rights of their uh, car machines to some foreign investor. Then I find out in the last couple of weeks or months, the credit unions, who were set up years ago to contract the banks because of their charges, they are now being run by the central bank. You can't have X amount of money in your account now. If it goes to a certain figure, you can't pay, you can't add any more money in That's there. That's right, you're they're spot pushing on there, people yeah. Back. yeah. They're pushing people back into the banks again. The bank charges are going through the roof every time you use your card. What is it nowadays? Tap, 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 tap. I think the older generations will be in trouble in a few years' time, in my opinion, again, where they go and ask your bank statements, or you tapped inside in this pub or that pub or this place, and you have a bookies account, you're in trouble for a mortgage. For me, look, again, as I said, people will think that there's conspiracy theories out there, and there probably is. And I think you probably be cast as one. But no, you just no, no. I wouldn't say that. You just have a you have a valid concern about information that's kept about you on file. Yes. Yeah. That's very GDPR. valid. Yeah. It's, they're breaking GDPR rules. Hand over fist by what they're trying to do. I mean, you're going to go into a restaurant or into a pub. They want your details. Everybody's details. I think, no, honest to God, Neil, it's just getting worse. But they kind of have it already because you're given yeah. your name when you go in or when you call up on the phone, you're giving them your name and a phone number. That's my, my choice because I want to go for a meal. Look, I have... I'm a twin, and myself, my twin sister, in a couple of weeks' time, two weeks' time actually, we have a meal, we're, the meal is booked for next week, we're, we're after booking a meal, so there's a gang of us going in. And I rang up, made the appointment, and they asked for my details, so I gave it to them. But they didn't tell me that everybody comes in the door has to give their details. But no, they probably will. No, it's the lead party. The lead party, which is obviously, obviously me, because I've booked Yeah, it. yeah. When we get in there now from these new rules, apparently... Everyone's everybody name. Everybody has to yeah. give their name. Yeah. But you have a choice, they're saying. Don't go out That's if you right. don't want it. 
the choice is either go or don't go. Yeah. So what they're doing then, as far as I'm concerned, and they're doing it, I live in rural Ireland, I live in out the, out, out the country, they're putting a lot of the older generation, they have them in fear, which, yes, as I said at the start of this conversation, yes, this COVID is here, and yes, people have to be careful. I'd love to get the views of, 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 of some el- o- much older listeners than your good self to see what they think of this, uh, particularly if there's any out there feel that they feel an awful lot more safe and secure in the knowledge that, you know, uh, they're introducing about, this regulation. Neil, what about mental health of people? Look, I've been, I, I, I understand a bit about it as well because I had a brother who committed suicide a couple of years ago. And I can tell you, it was heartbreaking. And nine weeks later, my mother passed away. So... All of us at home that were left after, after these two. And I didn't know the previous guy who died from a half like a 47. So, when it comes to mental health, yes, we know a bit about it. Because we suffered for it. I know but what you're saying. By what they're doing right now, in my opinion. Again, my opinion. What they're doing right now is they're forcing people to stay indoors. Especially the older generation. And the only people I feel sorry for in this are the older people and the kids. Would you think would you would you think we'd ever reach a scenario in this country where okay you know how you get the the amount of positive cases every day and the yeah. amount of deaths and the deaths are zero would we be looking at this very differently if they also published the figure every day of the amount of people who died of suicide in Ireland or the amount of people who if there was some way of cataloging people who were suffering I, I, with their I mental- am a firm believer of this there's nobody out there with the cojones to do it. Because why? They don't know how to handle it. I suffered myself personally after my brother died. I was, he was my idol growing up. I wrote a piece in the paper about him when it happened. An obituary. And every word on it was true. I'll actually send a copy into Brenda here, right? And you can read it yourself. So I understand what this is all about. So I know my other brothers and sisters are the same. They were all devastated after my brother done this. Absolutely devastated. He was the first one in, the, in the, the, the entire line of our family to ever do this. But we knew he was suffering. But the powers that be don't know how to handle it, so they, they just brush it aside. There's people dying every single day through suicide. And I feel so, so sorry for their families. Because it, it leaves a devastating effect on people. So there are people dying of suicide every single day. And over the past six months, there's even more dying by suicide. Yes, because, okay. if, in, again, look, I don't want to sound as if I'm a conspiracy theorist. You can call me that if you want. But this is my firm belief. They're handling it wrong. They're coming out then with two different sides to the story, as you read up well enough from the HSE and the, the Minister for Health. Two different answers to it. If you ask me, they don't know what the left thing is doing from their right. Well, that's a typical example of one hand not knowing because the HSE are saying it's for contact tracing and the minister is saying it's actually to catch pubs that are serving drink without food or putting can up I empty go, pizza can I go boxes. One further, Neil? I think if you ask me, this is all about control at the end of the day. They're trying to get people, like, listen, don't through the years. We've all done it, Neil. I don't care who you are, what you are. All right, a lot of people have done this. You've had people do foxes in your house or you've, had pe- you've done... I've done a little bit of underhanded stuff down through the years. He said, nothing major, no need, right? Yeah. Because I wouldn't be a criminal or anything like that. Yeah. But it's going to cut out all of that if we go to a cashless society. Here's one fear. A couple of months ago, or a couple of weeks ago, a Dublin TD, I think it was, came out and said, every taxi in the country should be cashless. Tap, 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 tap. They know exactly everything about you. 
Is it but, right? But but is it know. is it right that some people are going around making a fortune working for cash? Are you maybe you're referring to tradespeople? When others pay um, their fair share of tax and they pay a lot of tax, and the more they earn, the more tax they pay. What's fair about that? Look, Neil, we're not fools, right? I think everybody knows this. There's people out there that have made millions down through the years. The powers that these fellas up at the top table, as I call them. You telling me that they've done all that legitimately down through the years? Sorry, Neil, I don't believe it for a second. But now that they have the control and they have the power, the, the, the money to, to, the, for the father control. They're trying to keep everybody else down. Okay. That's just my opinion. Okay, you're entitled to it. Thank you for that. Much obliged, Malcolm. Lauren is standing by. First up, first up, Liam Bonner. Liam, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm um, well. Um, so very interesting developments in the past 24 hours now where you know the story. Everybody that goes anywhere, they'll have their name. They'll have their time of arrival, time of departure, what they ate, their mobile number. And the guards can get their hands on it at any particular time. Yeah, it's 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 all getting a bit much, really. I mean, if if you just listen to that man there, knowing what he's got through, you know, through his brother and all that, and you know, we get at this point, they're trying, they're they're really trying to make it so difficult, so difficult for publicans and, and the likes, trying to just get on with things. You know, I mean, thankfully, I'm not in the trade anymore, but. It's uh, to, you know to be dealing with this, no, have to keep a record of of, of everything, and, and on top of all this, and, and who knows the, the end result that is is it all down to the government keeping tabs on everything, you know, and it's a big part of it. Or is it that and, there uh, are many publicans out there who are flouting the guidelines and serving away and giving dodgy receipts or empty pizza boxes or um, you know, well, look, not, not, you know, like. Yeah, I heard. I heard recently of some of a bunch of guys who go in and they drink away to their heart's content, and they get a takeaway when they're going home from the pub. I know. Look, there's going to be a bit of that. Remember as well, the public said that they've they not had a hard time. They've lost their business for months. Their income, you know, and so on. And, and they're trying to get up and trying to do the best they can. No. So, for the ones then, for instance, that get food in from the chipper, does the mobile chipper outside or the chipper up the road then have to produce all of these receipts as well? I imagine they probably do. So, it's going to be a nightmare anyway for the pub serving food to even implement this. Well, it is. You know, it, it, like the, the, the reality is of the, you know, the, the people that, like, not everybody can do what they can, but they don't need to get their business open. So, it gets to the point of their that they're trying to just get. In a scenario where they're getting, you know, getting some food, getting some business in, see what they can do. They're struggling to make ends meet at the moment. The banks may cut them off soon. And uh, my, my, my take on it is yes, I'll be all the rules. Just move around a bit there because I'm losing it. Sorry. Just to obey all the, all the rules and do the right thing by, by, as best you can by everybody, you know, do, do obey the rules. But, you know, we've got to open the economy up there. We've got to get going again, you know? It's, uh, You're saying get everybody back to work, open up everything. Um, keep yeah. washing your hands and staying apart, all that kind of stuff, and mind the elderly and the sick. Exactly. Do do all the right things. And the people that have somebody vulnerable or are vulnerable themselves got to be overprotected. You know, they've got to be overcautious, and that's fair enough. But we have to drive on the economy, open the bars. You see all these things went on in the pub in Dublin, that type of guy jumping around the place at the bar, and then you had this carry on a clarity last week. There's nothing really came from it after that, you know? There's, like, it's just showing the debts and everything at the moment don't, 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 don't very little, don't zero. The, and the cases are there, but there's not that many people dying. So it's just open economy, deal with the virus, live with the virus, and yes, have the precautions, but we've got to get back to work. Okay. And, and, and we've got to get back to normality. And the problem is with, you know, the people that live, go to the, the pub, as that man was saying earlier, going to the pub every evening, that's their whole life. Just going down for a couple of pints in the evening, 
going in there for a few points, and that's their whole social side. And that's a whole mental Yeah, I know, I understand. We cover that at, at length, but the government yeah. might say to people who are worried about you know, all this information uh, don't blame the government, blame the publicans who weren't playing ball. Well, you see, it's easy to blame Republicans. They have good fears, and they always will do it. It's so they're demon drinkers always, you know. They blame everything on that, you know. And it's just, uh, it's not always that. They've shown the cases. They've opened up. They've opened up this, uh, other aspects of things, and this has been a problem. The pubs, the restaurants that have opened so far haven't caused problems. The people in busy bars that everybody's delighted to report every day. No, but I, I know that, but my concern know? would be, would the Garda Shikana then be able to use that information for other purposes, investigating crime, trying to track down criminals, people on the run? Would the revenue be able to use it? Would they get the information if they were hassling somebody for tax not paid, saying, oh, well, you say you don't have money to pay. Well, why was it on, 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 on Tuesday night at 8 o'clock you were in Barry's and Douglas and you ran up a bar bill of €185 Euro for food and drink? So, like that kind of kind of scary world. It is, it is, and it's, it's coming to that. And we're no everything is traceability factor, you know. So, is this the way of the future? As you said, is it, are we all going cashless? It would be a sad time. It would be a sad time if this is the case, you know. But we just got to. I think anyway, just drive on, live with the, you know, and, and, and deal with everything as it comes. But we need to get the economy open and get people's mental health got to be dealt with as well. Okay, it's thanks for that. Uh, did, thank you. I invited a fellow publican of yours, uh, Benny McCabe, on the air, um, uh, but he wrote to me instead, and that's fine. He just uh, sent me an interesting take on things in the world of Benny McCabe and his many, many pubs. He says, "Hi, Neil. The government are losing the run of themselves, and they are indeed the opposition." After yesterday's vote, uh, they're losing the Irish people. Why has nobody gone to the pubs that are open and asked the elderly how they feel? They're as mad as hell. And funnily enough, they are the first group of customers to return to pubs despite the scaremongering. They understand personal responsibility, but clearly those who are part of the nanny state don't understand personal responsibility. Of course, this has all its roots in the claims culture, where once you cover your butt, you're seen to be effective but a massive cost to society. Let's be very clear. This is now taking the form of a clear attack on civil liberties as opposed to maintaining solidarity with our frontline workers. We must stop this today. I doubt if any of this is legal under data protection rules anyway. This is not about publicans being cannon fodder anymore. This now goes well beyond this. It is an attack on anyone who just wants to have a pint and who can't afford a nine euro tax like the single parent who goes out for two hours once a week to the pub in the afternoon, or the pensioner who can't afford it and wouldn't eat a nine-euro meal over the course of the whole day. Shame on those who think this is okay, and now the government wants to know what people eat. The pint, in this case, is a metaphor for your personal freedoms, which appear to be stripped away in a death of a thousand cuts dressed up in the world, falcha. What will happen from today is that people will start giving false names. This is inevitable, and this could clearly cost lives. The easiest way to do all of this is to open all of the pubs now. Decisions like this are being made by those who never had to worry about a paycheck and don't know the struggle of a single parent, those on disability, pensioners, the self-employed, the working poor. This is an attack on the vulnerable, unless this carry-on ends now and it is reversed. It needs to happen today. I'd imagine there will be a multitude of John Mandevilles, care of the square in Mitchellstown, dining in pubs and restaurants tonight. Uh, the British, on the other hand, could never have got this far in controlling people, yet the opposition voted for powers to be given to the Gardaí. 
The likes of ISIS could only be looking on with envy at the suppression of pubs, music and dancing in Ireland. Yet the government are enabling this. You couldn't make it up. It's neither mature management nor prudent. What you are now seeing is the sludge of overcompliance, the cover my butt culture and a fear of the mob on social media, clogging the veins of society and making it grind to a halt. The pubs and the citizens will still be here. I'm not sure about the rest. It's time for a bit of cop on. And that's from Benny McCabe to Neil at redfm.ie. Back after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 1851-04106. Red FM. John says, I was in a restaurant and bar in Scotland Wednesday night. They had great grub and a great atmosphere. Everything was well run and they were very compliant. I was given an itemized receipt. If they'd asked me to countersign it, provide an address and a telephone number, it would have not have been a problem for me. What's the big deal with publicans doing the same? Thomas says, until the vintners grow up here and hold these clowns of a government accountable, they'll be making Egypt's out of them. Enough is enough. Emer says, how is keeping a record of food going to help the pubs open? The government are just playing games. Mark says, it's a disgrace. The government coming down very hard on the sector. It's not really just about the sector. It's about you. It's about me. It's about all of us and information being stored. Some might say, might say it's being stored anyway. You don't know the half of what's uh, known about you uh, as it is in spite of what they're proposing now on top of it. Jennifer, good morning. Hello. Okay, I'm going to blast through some calls. So what's on your mind? Um, just that um, I'm a health worker, I'm a frontline acute care setting. I've been witness to COVID patients on the other side. Um, I fear for myself, I fear for my family. Um, I think that people, especially the publicans now, lots of friends of mine are publicans, lots of friends of mine are in the restaurant business. We used to be in it ourselves. For 18 um, years, yeah. Yes, for 18 years. Now, I'm just wondering, what is their problem? We have we used to manually keep dockets. We still have dockets for seven years up in our attic. A shoebox of dockets. Get over with it. Get over it. Take the name. It's about transparency. People are not following the rules. I have walked around town and blatantly they're not following the rules. Down Princess Street is a beautiful setup. I think they're more following the rules, but I've been into places. Well, I've seen more places outside, and we all know. The rules aren't being followed by not they're being followed by some people, by a lot of people they're not being followed. Look, just set up with it, get on with it, give them the transparency. And so it's in all our best interests. Yeah, I just to answer one or two of your points there, because like the one of the big problems for the people in the trade is that they now have to produce all of these receipts and everybody who goes in has to get an individual receipt and their name has to be on it and their details and everything, what they ate. Oh, so, from, so no, but from the, bus- from the business point of view, it's all this extra work, loads and loads of extra paperwork, Neil, printing things. Neil. And then for all of the rest of us, it's our information. Neil, listen, just now, a lot of restaurants and places will have a till service by which you can spit out the receipt at the end of the night and have a record of all of them. A lot of modernised places have it now, okay? What do you care who you're out with, really and seriously? Like, why do you care? What you, who knows what you had to eat when you were out and that you, what's your name? When your name is going to be recorded anyway for contact tracing, you know, if they need to. I just think people are getting a little bit carried away. I, I get this whole, you know, data protection and that, but people are just getting a little bit carried away. Look, this is just for our transparency. Did you ever hear the old just, saying, your man is so nosy he'd want to know what you had for breakfast? It's arrived. It's arrived. It is now with no, us. I'm sorry. I think you're you're just taking it a bit too far. I mean, really and truly. I mean, I get it that you know this is just this is a purely 
an action purely to keep people safe because the pubs are not sticking to the rules. Well, that, well that, that is true to an extent in the sense that many of the yeah. pubs that open just for the sake of getting open yeah. and are serving pizza and takeaway chicken and chips and stuff like that, yeah. they don't have any till system. That's just handwritten stuff. And that's okay. What's no, but, no, that? no, but they're, 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 they're the ones that they're trying to get to cut down on, the ones that are pubs and are pretending to serve food but aren't and they're just given handwritten receipts for, for food that's never served. So they want to clamp them down. They want to, they want to stop that, they're saying. But should they keep a copy of it? They duplicate it. You know, I mean, they use a bit of carbon paper, the old-fashioned way. They write down the docket, one to the person, one to the one to the two. I mean, I just don't understand what the drama's about. And plus the fact, like, even people with sophisticated tells, right, they're not staying by the rules. I actually went into town one night. There was a whole crowd out in a certain pub, out in the street, and there wasn't a cheese board and a table amongst them. And the pints were low. There was empty glasses all over the tables. And yeah, it was just a disgrace. So they could have been either having eaten already or were waiting for the food. No, listen, steady up now. There was about (laughs) 10 tables out in the street. I don't think they were all in the same position. They were all either waiting. The puppet was all full of Yeah, Yeah, listen, we all know, like, I mean, we all look, okay, we all know that it's happening. Okay, it's just listen to me. Maybe it's just pulling the reins and saying, "Listen to me. This can't happen because if okay. people know this is happening, they'll be out in bunches. There'll be more drinking. There'll be more socialising, and we forget that there's a chance that we not have even peaked yet. You know, we're coming up to the winter season. There's going to be death by the flu anyway. Onto COVID as well. Onto this, like we don't know where we're going. Other people have surges and deaths, like. Like, just keep the reins on. Just release them slowly. Can I, can I ask you, with regards to your own healthcare work, did yeah. you did you yeah. have patients who, who yes. contracted? Did yes. you have patients who died? I had. I had two. Elderly? I had two patients who died. Um, one was in their late 60s and the other one was kind of mid to late 70s. Would they have had but underlying health conditions? Um, one of them no, but I mean, uh, one of them no, but you know what? I don't want to go into all of that, Neil, because it was the whole experience. Oh, damn, lost you. Don't know why that happened. My apologies. Um, <coughs> one, they're, one, they're one minute and gone the next. Sorry about that. But appreciate the call all of the same. Colin is standing by. Uh, Lorna is standing by. Thank you, Jennifer. Lorna, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you? Good, thank you. Thank you for holding. Go ahead. Yeah, no problem. Um, going back to the giving you names and address and phone numbers at pubs, um, it's a big no-no for me because um, obviously I'm from England, but judging by the accent. But yeah, about 15 years ago, um, we were all in supermarkets and the tills were asking for your postcode and your address for uh, dermographics to see who was using the store, how people travel. And somebody on the till was passing the information on to a gang. And while she were out, they were going around and robbing your house. And did that really happen now, though? Is it one of those? No, it did. It really happened. It happened to my friend. It really did happen. There was a whole gang of them. Um, it, it went to court and everything in the end. They were caught. They, they picked up they were... the phone and said, You're, she's here now, so you've got half an hour to get to ABCD. One, two, three, four. That's the postcode. Well, I'd imagine they said, yeah, she's out. And they, uh, what they were doing, they were calling. And if somebody was in the house, they obviously they were making their excuse and going away. But there was a gang of them caught for doing it. Um, and since then, I wouldn't give my postcode or any information out. I just wouldn't. And I don't know why they, they want it in the pubs either. Because if you're out for a meal for the evening, they know that you're gone for, for at least two hours, travelling there, eating and travelling back. If it, That's if you don't go somewhere else. 
Never thought of that. So, you know, you, you don't want to be giving out. The more information you give, the more information they have on you. Mm, so what will that mean for you? That you, If this was to come in, you wouldn't go out? I'd give a, I'd give a false number and a, a false name. That's what Benny McKay was saying. People have been making up names. Yeah, yeah. they will do. Why, why would you want somebody to have so much information on you? Yeah, yeah. They say. They, I, mean, I mean, COVID's COVID's going to be here to stay. Unfortunately, um, I don't see there being a miraculous vaccination or a cure. So you've just got to be super careful. I mean, I have a, an autoimmune disease. I was terrified in the beginning, but as time's gone on and I've watched the statistics, um, I'm less afraid. I make sure I wear a mask because um, I feel better wearing one. Whether it's going to do me any good or not, I don't know. But I, I actually feel better wearing it. Um, wash your hands and just be careful. All the pubs, I have friends in the UK that I talk to regularly. Everything's open over there, everything. Pubs, the lot. And they're not seeing any particular spikes coming out of pubs and restaurants, are they? Or maybe they are? Not any more than they've usually had. The, 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 well, from, I have friends in Manchester, so I can only go off Manchester. What they're tending to do over there is there's a massive overnight spike. They're asking the people in that particular area to be extra careful and perhaps stay at home a bit more. But everything's open, jobs, everybody's back at work and all the pubs are open. Yeah, but there were areas of Manchester that the government wanted to take out of lockdown and the mayor in Manchester said no. No, they, they, when when you say lockdown, it's like, it's like saying we're locking down Cork. You can still travel about within your area and go to work and go to the pub and have a meal. It's just that they, they don't want you going up to Leeds or somewhere like that, you know, where you might take it with you if you have it or bring it back if you haven't. So it's this information, this personal now. information in the hands of the wrong people could lead to all yeah. sorts of criminal activity. Yeah, yeah, okay. basically, yeah. And why, why would you be doing that? I mean, when you make a restaurant booking anyway, if I, if in the past, if I was going to my local Shabin, I would have given, well, just said it, they know me anyway, but I would have just given me name and phone number in case they change their plans or I change my plans. But I certainly, and I'm known in the, you know, they all, we all know each other in West Cork. It's a, a tiny community in Baltimore. So they all, they all know you. I drink up and say, I can have a table for six, it's Lorna. So they'd know. Yeah. But I thought I wouldn't, if I was booking somewhere else, I certainly wouldn't be giving that out the details and the address. Okay. Okay. Interesting story. Appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, Colin is on line one. Thanks, Lorna. Colin, go ahead. Hello, Neil. Um, I just want to say about the, the restrictions in, in the pubs slash restaurants. Um, I think these new restrictions are just like Johnny at the back of the class misbehaving so the whole class gets punished, you know? Mm. I really do think it's it's a kind of lazy option out of the government instead of uh, pleasing the restrictions that they have at the moment or they had, you know, besides bringing in new ones. Yeah, but they're saying, Stephen Donnelly says, there's nothing new here, this regulation, um, because restaurants are keeping receipts anyway as part of normal business practice for the majority of them. So it won't be any big deal to them. Uh, well, it, seem, it seems to be a big deal to them because they're all up in arms over it, you know. I mean, it's uh, it's okay for the likes of uh, the chap there from, um, you know, the, that has the cock bull and, and the other restaurant. Uh, like he's after installing thousands upon thousands of, uh, 
of a, uh, equipment. Yeah, they could have a 20 or 30 euro system that would be able to do yeah, it. But it's yeah. the fella, it's the, it's the little business that just writes everything down by hand. Exactly, exactly. But like, that, that's my, that, that's my take on it. But besides that, Neil, I was in town yesterday and I was really appalled, like, at, at, um, you know, the younger people to tell the truth. What did you and, see? And I saw, I, as we used to call it, stalling. <laughs> I saw, I saw young people kicking, you know, and uh, there was no such thing as social distance. And I, I had to cast my mind back to the time when I was a teenager. I suppose I did, I wouldn't have taken much notice either of restrictions, you know, and and rules. But like. It's it's a far more dangerous place that we're in today than we ever were, you know. And really, I think we we really do have to get the message out to the to the to the younger. But sure, if they haven't been, if they haven't know? got the message in the last six months when things were really really bad and their grannies and granddads could have died, they're not going to get the message now. I, I think I I really think that we have to try it. Well, the government have to try a lot harder to get that message out. It seems like, uh, uh, from what I can see, the majority of uh, more mature, older people are abiding by the rules. But but at the same time, they're, they're the ones that seem to be getting penalised, you know? Yeah, well, we'll have to see what happens, whether or not there'll be a, another change of mind and change of heart like there was with the Leaving Cert results. Thanks for that, Colin. Appreciate oh, it. Thank you. Sorry, before you go, Neil. Yeah. There is one thing you did say that I would sort of um, take you up on to, a, to an extent is that there has been no deaths from COVID. No. You're right, uh, in, in the last while there has been none, but indirectly there has been, you know. I'm talking about people uh, for mental health, uh, that are suffering from mental health, suicides, you know, there's been a, an awful lot, like really, you know. Yeah, I mean, you're right to take me up on points if you feel that I've got it wrong, but in that one, I, I didn't. Well, I'm not saying you got it wrong. But I, it, I have, I have acknowledged, I've acknowledged all of the other people who are dying of different things uh, because of COVID without having yes. COVID, and yes. we don't get those yes. figures on a daily basis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, thanks for that. Appreciate it. Uh, interestingly, you know, you talk about um, how all of our habits have changed with regards to our spare time, our free time, and downtime at home. You might have heard on the news there at ten o'clock that they're putting in forty different. Uh, CCTV cameras, they're covert cameras, the examiner saying this morning, um, to try and cut down on illegal dumping black spots across uh, across the city and the county. So the county council has put in lots of different um, um, CCTV. They don't actually say where, but apparently by all accounts, people are continuing um, to dump large numbers of bottles and cans and bags of stuff and all sorts of things uh, Um Outside the receptacles that are run by the county and the city, um, they're even they're even just dumping stuff when the receptacles themselves are empty. I mean, I know there's always been a problem with people leaving things on the ground because the um, you know, the units where they're supposed to put them are full. But apparently, some people are so lazy they just dump them and don't even bother segregating them. But what's very interesting about the article is that Cork County Council has had to change around its recycling centres um, and give more space now and more uh, areas for you know recycling and dumping and getting rid of cans and bottles. 
left by people because there's been a huge increase in the amount of people using recycling centres for cans and bottles because of the amount of drink being consumed in the home because of COVID-19 restrictions. Uh, and they have to, they've had to increase facilities uh, for uh, cans and bottles by 50%. Um, so it just goes to show the amount of home drinking that's going on now. Um, and one wonders whether that would be lower if all of the pubs were open. Maybe home drinking is a safer scenario than pub drinking. That's uh, the unanswered question, I suppose. Lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Text zero eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Just this quick one ahead of the ad break, and then some shout outs for Free Food Friday. Stephen, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Okay, go uh, ahead. Neil, like, I listen to you on the, I listen to you on a regular basis every morning. Okay. And there's a, like you're, you're constantly talking about the pubs and the restaurants, you know. But there's a bit. I think there's a bigger issue here. And Colin, I know Colin, you know, and Colin is a big sportsman like myself. And um, it's to do with the, the sports, you know. There's no sports ones open to spectators, which is crazy, you know. Mm-hmm. Like you all up in your Twitter, uh, yeah, Twitter page yesterday about you saw that picture up in um, Brian Dillon's with the eighty year old man up. Was that where it was, Brian Dillon's? Two elderly men, one fell on a ladder, looking over the railings. Yeah. Crazy, like I mean, you, if they can't open up uh, small pitches, like say, like I'm down here in Carrigaline at the moment, and Carrigaline J pitch, you get two hundred into that, like, and 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 the excuse, this the excuse they're using is the congregation after the games. So there's there's volunteers and there's, um, uh, yeah, that people wouldn't disperse fast enough after the match. Ah, uh, Neil, that's, I, like that's that's rubbish. That is absolutely, and you know what that's about, Neil? That's fair. And all this thing about the COVID thing... But they're not dispersing fast enough outside of schools, so it's logical to suggest maybe that they wouldn't. Like, I see it all of the time. Uh, people hanging around in groups, chatting up against each other, waiting for the kids to come out. Or Like, it's... it's so like, I know. You know? I know, but sir, if you thought you had COVID, you, you wouldn't be near next near school, you know what I mean? You know? Um, and it, 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 again, I'm the third person probably has said this this morning. Mental health is a massive um, knock-on effect from this. And there's not, there's not enough to make, said about it, you know? You yeah, know, it's kind yeah. of... It's, it's, we don't I mean, get those statistics, you see, every yeah, day. Yeah, but Neil, regardless of statistics, it's a case of, I brush underneath the carpet, you know what I mean? This, this, uh, the COVID is a bigger problem, you know? But it's a knock... It's going to have... When this thing dies down, it's going to have... Um, it's going to have fair pressure on the, the health system, you know? Oh, I'd say there's a lot of people who have been struggling for months now, yeah. And, and, like, and I go back to my point, it's sport. is it, a great outlet, outlet for young people. I have a 14-year-old daughter, and she's constantly asking me, Dad, when are we going to the matches? When are they going to the go back? I said, I don't know, Ellen. Yes, you can go to a shopping centre and do shopping. You can go to Maham Point. You can go to a restaurant. You can go to the cinema. You can do everything. But you, yes, you can't go to an outdoor event which is the safest place to be. Good points. Thanks for that, Stephen. On behalf of those that love their sport, back after the break. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. A little bit of housekeeping. Uh, you know, you're con- constantly back and forth, checking information, checking things out, trying to find out, get clarifications, because so much happens and it changes all of the time. And part of what we were talking about this morning was, you know, all of your details will be kept on file in a filing cabinet. Uh, and somebody was mentioning there about uh, giving your address uh, I wasn't 100% sure, so I went and checked. And what you need to give uh, will be your telephone number, obviously your name, your full name, your telephone number and your email address. Your email address, your name and your telephone number. 
and they say that an, an invalid email address will bounce back. Well, of course it will, but you'll be long gone by then. So you probably will give a name, a telephone number and an email address that either will or won't be accurate, could be fake. But anyway, the point is, point is they won't be asking for your home address. All right, so it will be name, name, number, email address, but not your home address. Okay, so I'm happy to clarify that. That's what... Being, that's what's being proposed anyway. Oh, can I say a very big thank you to Airtastic in Little Island Eastgate Business Park because they heard me talking to Anne uh, on yesterday's program at the end of the conversation then she asked could I get a voucher for her grandchildren for Airtastic and they were listening at Airtastic and they came up trumps and they have provided Anne with a family pass. So a big thank you to Airtastic in Little Island for that. And can I give a big happy belated birthday shout out to Dave Bunyan, also known as Dahi Spoons. Apparently he's a fine man to play the spoons and a big fan of the show. Sometime in the future, when it's possible, I'd love to hear Dahi playing the spoons. There's something fantastic about the rhythmic playing of spoons, so hopefully we can make that happen. But in the meantime, happy belated birthday to Dahi Spoons. May you have many more of them. Now, it's Free Food Friday. Yes, Free Food Friday returns this morning, for the first time in months and months, courtesy of ourselves, an Oak Fire Pizza, Princess Street, Clonaclity and Bandon. We could sort out work for you and all of the work team. So I'm going to do some shout outs, please. Text 086-8104-106. Tell us who you are and where you are. Joanne is at Select Hotels of Ireland. They're all back in the office and helping people to book their staycations these days. MMD Construction at the Business Park at the airport. Would like food. Big thumbs up for pizzas. Shirley and all of the gang are listening. Everybody at the St. Vincent de Paul shop in Carrigaline, particularly John Long. Lorraine from Magic Vacations Kinsale would love the pizza. The travel trade is going through a tough time at the moment and they'd love a treat. Working hard. Please, would you consider us at Palace Foods in Little Island, working the whole way through the lockdown without stopping uh, to supply Cork and Munster with food. So good morning to everybody at Palace Foods. Beecher Family and Neighbour Farm in Formoy would be delighted to get lunch, says Susan. Uh, morning, I'm heading home to Skibbereen after a night duty at the CUMH. I have three boys all gone back to school. We would love this food. Um, we love Oak Fire Pizza at the beginning of COVID pandemic. We made up packs and made our home pizzas at home. Yeah, Oak Farm Pizza did sell packs and you could make their fabulous pizzas at home. She said they were the best thing ever. Thank you for that, Catherine Kingston. Paul Crowley's working at Drina Co-op, not far from Clonakilty, and they could pop into Clon for the pizza. They'd love to win, uh, says the grateful crew at Drina Central. Blackwater Childcare and Fomoy are listening. So is everybody at Walsh's Pharmacy in Shandon Street, working very hard through the pandemic. Uh, and also Matter Private in Mahan, particularly all the staff at Ward 2 at the CCU unit. Um, deli- delivering a pizza there would be well and truly worth it, says Damien Brown, who was looked after when he was a patient there recently. Paula Donovan and the gang working at Bus Aaron Capo Station would love lunch, as would everybody working on insulation in Ballyvalan. Uh, and then one or two more shout outs Feelings Pharmacy on Baker's Road what else have we got here, St Mary's on the Hill uh, Church in Nochnihini, all of the volunteers there, the hungry electricians at MQ Electrical brightening up the world in Bishopstown by all accounts, uh, Mackesy Contracts in Ballycotton everybody at Gate Childcare in Little Island everybody working at Ross Carberry Pharmacy, particularly Shelley um, one or two more R. Dara at the Cope Foundation of Montanati DHL the supply chain would love food the minute they heard the word pizza the ears popped up 
Cummins Sports Warehouse in Little Island, Moynihan's Couriers in Ballycoreen, Ashgrove Recycling, Modus Link in Hollyhill Industrial Estate, Auto Car Parts in Little Island, uh, Harper's Hair Salon in Lotabeg and Mayfield. Uh, see an awful lot of companies actually calling in for Free Food Friday that never did before. So welcome aboard if you're all new listeners. Auto Express in Dublin Hill, Skull Trieste and everybody at the Lower Road, Lower Glanmar Road, the firefighters at Middleton Fire Station uh, and everybody at Styles Hairdressers in Grona Braher. We'll do some more shout outs after 11. Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Sarah said, I heard you on your program yesterday talking about the fact that uh, people with underlying conditions made up the majority of COVID deaths. I'm a nurse and many of my regular patients who are lovely and kind people who are, li- who are living their lives struggling with health issues are actually living good lives in spite of their health issues. Each person who has died from COVID was a human being, someone's mother, someone's father, someone's child or someone's grandparent. They have uh, they would have continued living their lives had COVID-19 not decimated the elderly and the frail population of Ireland. It is outrageous to imply that it was almost okay as those who died were sick anyway. Plenty of healthy people died too. Well, I don't know that anybody, including me, suggested that it was okay for anybody to die. If somebody were to suggest on air, like me, it's okay because they were sick anyway. It was okay for them to die. Should be dragged off the air screaming. I was talking more about the way the numbers and the figures were being reported at the time. And no more than that. Uh, However, I love the show, but I hate the constant COVID-19 Bashing as a mum of well, I think it's the coverage of it all. You know, everything now comes back to coronavirus, doesn't it? There's so many different stories and way people live their lives. But as a mum of four, I hate the polarization of society and the pitting age brackets against each other. It's the young versus the old all of the time now. We were all young once. Why can't we be nice to each other and look after each other instead of taking each other on? I think it's so sad to see our society turn on each other. This pandemic has brought out the best and the worst in people. It has been hard for everyone. We need to get the country opened again. When I hear people saying things about the Gardaí entering people's homes and then things about the curtain twitchers, people need to understand that all of us are curtain twitchers. Do we want to bring our neighbours down? Is that what we really want? Do we want a police state? These are uncharted waters. I also, for one, hope the pubs reopen for everyone. It saddens me when I hear people talk about kids in supermarkets. Sometimes we just bring our, have to bring our kids to places with us. Why should we have to justify everything to each other? We are all just living. I'm delighted our kids have got back to school. I also hated seeing signs outside shops at the beginning saying no kids allowed. I found that really sad. Kids were seen as the super spreaders during this pandemic. But studies now have shown otherwise. I don't understand. Sorry, I understand that the elderly are also finding this difficult. But aren't we all in this together? Don't we need to stay united? And if nothing else, be kind to one another. Love the show. So a selection of, uh, of emails for you. <clears throat> and this is, a, this is a very interesting one. You know, with regards to the COMH and the different uh, regulations there as to who can go in, how long they can stay and when they have to leave. I had my third baby in June and I must say I had an amazing experience. I had planned a C-section and my hubby stayed for an hour after and went home to our other two kids. I found it very relaxing. I spoke to a consultant and he said a lot of mums who were having second or third babies were enjoying the new experience because they could rest And they were not allowed visitors, so they were sleeping and bonding better with the baby. 
But it's a very different ball game for first-time mums, I think. The day I was leaving, I got chatting to a young first-time mum in my room who had just started labour. She was in floods of tears when I was leaving. It's a very scary time for them. There was no partner there. She was on her own. The midwives are incredible support, though. But the one thing I wanted you to bring up on air was the prenatal wards. I was in hospital for observation uh, for a week before my baby was born. I was in a ward with four beds. I was very unwell after a tough pregnancy. I was anemic and my back was spasming. Uh, So I was on pethidine for pain for the week before birth. Uh, I was in a complete heap. There were two women in the ward who were on their phones 24-7. One of the women was having her 12th baby. She spent all day and all night on her mobile phone with speakerphone on. She would speak to the 11 kids at home. All the while, I was trying to rest. I was trying to sleep, but I couldn't. It's impossible to sleep in hospitals at night as the midwives are in regularly checking blood pressure and giving medication. So it's vital to try and sleep by day. But because of these two ignorant women, I went for three days and nights without sleep. I was sick, sore and delirious. I eventually broke down in floods of tears with the midwives and they moved me to another room with a lovely, quiet girl. And I got loads of sleep for the last few days before my C-section. You might think I sound dramatic, but I swear to God, this woman was on her phone from 7 a.m. in the morning till 12 midnight at night, nonstop, speakerphone. It was crazy. My point is, please spare a thought for other people in your wards in hospitals. I've since been told this can be a major issue, as a lot of women seem to think it's okay to be on speakerphone all day long, shouting down the phone. Cop yourselves on. Most of the women in the prenatal ward are very unwell because they've had tough pregnancies or had underlying issues, so they need rest. If you want to make a phone call, go outside the ward where there are comfy seats for people to take calls. Just before I left the ward from hell, a fabulous, feisty pregnant girl in the ward told the loud one to shut the F up, but it made no difference whatsoever. Don't know what happened afterwards, but I was glad to be gone. Thanks, Neil, says Mary. (laughs) You never you never thought of saying anything to Mrs. Woman in having the 12th baby, no? Somebody else did it and it made no difference whatsoever. I know, it's really weird, isn't it? That people have no problem in the whole wide earthly world holding conversations on their mobile phone, on speakerphone, when there's lots of other people around. I mean, they do it in all sorts of settings. Um, happens an awful lot on trains. Do you ever notice that? Anyway, if you've got an opinion on that, text 0868104106. Back to the phone lines we go. Emma, good morning. Hi, Neil. How are you? Okay, what what are you looking for? So, basically, I'm in leaving cert and, well, I was to do my leaving cert in June. And we, myself and my friends, as we're going out on Monday for our results, we had booked to go for dinner on Monday evening as general small celebration. Yeah. And... We only found out a few, or I think it was yesterday or two days ago, one of my friends got an email to say that due to kind of a government advisement or something, they are after increasing the ages to 21 in some pubs and restaurants to prevent us from going in. So we were obviously like so odd and distraught about it. Like, But hang on, my, my brain there. is frazzled from regulations. Did they increase it to 21? They didn't, did they? 
Yeah, we were not allowed. Like we were meant to go into Reardon's on Monday, and we had to try and find somewhere else. And other, as far as we know, other pubs have introduced the restriction, but we some of them haven't, which is fine. But it's just it's. What I'm trying to find out is, did I miss something? I may have missed something. Did the did a new guideline come in saying only over 21s were left into pubs that serve food? This is the thing. Nothing was actually. So that couldn't happen. Then you couldn't bring your then you couldn't bring your kids into lunch for lunch. See, it was just Monday because the leaving are to get in the results. They've literally only introduced it for the Monday, which is very annoying. Like it's it's. Like you know, ages against us. Like I don't know, I don't understand what their problem was. Like it's not like we we're going in, we we're going to cause a hassle, or you know, like we were only able to stay for the hour and forty-five. We just wanted to go for dinner, a few drinks, and we we're going to go home again. Like I don't understand why they were trying to prevent us from. No, I know, and you're right to be livid. But what I'm trying to find out is, did they tell you that they were advised by the government to increase the age to twenty-one? Yeah. And is that accurate? Is that tr- is that true? Did the government really do that? This is what I want to find out because there was nothing actually stated from the government, so this is why we're confused. No, sure they couldn't do that. Sure, then that means if if I wanted to go out, if you had, if I had fifteen year olds or seventeen year olds or ten year olds, I couldn't take them into a pub for food. Exactly, this is the problem. So we don't understand. Where so they they're lying to you. Most of them, because <laughs> some places have enforced it, but other places haven't. So what happened was you, because the results are out on Monday, um, I hope you're optimistic, are you? Um, small bit, I don't you know, <laughs> just getting to it. I know, I know, I know. And you and how many of your mates were going out? Um, there's eight of us, I think. So we booked two separate tables of four, obviously, because we can't all sit together. Two ta- two, and had you a booking? Yeah. And this is the thing, when you go on to the website, you have to put in your date of birth, obviously. And there was nothing stopping us and it was all going fine until one of the girls got an email to say that um, they were after increasing the age to 21 for results night. Where, where was that? Um, in Reardon's. They were increasing the age to 21 for just Monday, is it? Yeah. So they don't want, they don't want you then? Obviously, but we don't understand the actual reasoning behind it. And how old are you guys? All 18 and 19. And why would they not want 18 or 19-year-olds on Monday? I have no idea. Like, I'm presuming they just have it in their head that we're just going to cause jam or something stupid because, you know, we're still young enough, but we're not, like, you know. Are leaving certain nights usually mental? Like, I, I personally don't know. But, like, see, the only problem was is that, obviously, we can't go to someone's house because of the six people restrictions and, like, everything's just, it's just awful. We're, it, it's just, it's kind of an anticlimactic day for us, you know? So you had a booking that they cancelled? Yeah. But can they even do that on the basis of your age? Well, pubs and bars kind of have their own... They make, it, make to, up their own rules, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they have their own ages. So I suppose because they changed it for that day, they could cancel on us, but it would have been nice to have known previously. So what Reardon's rude. are really saying is that for leaving certain night, they don't want leaving certain students. Yeah. Okay, all right, okay. Well, I suppose they can pick and choose who they want to leave in. Have you tried other places then for Monday? Um... Yeah, a few, like to be fair, a lot of places were booked out, which is unfortunate. But um, 
I think we have a booking for somewhere. I'm not sure, but obviously we're only able to stay for a really short time, which is kind of <laughs> to bother. <laughs> but we'll be fine. I'm sure we'll find something. Okay. Um, I'm trying to work something out for you here. Did you have a specific time? Um, not really. Kind of eight-ish, maybe. Sorry, I'm just hearing stuff in my ear. i got two tables for you at Cockbull. Do you want them? Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> Doesn't sound as if you do. Do you want them? <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. Thank you. All right, okay. So there'll be two tables of four. That's perfect. <laughs> so all you got to do now is get over the hump of the exam result and I'm sure everything will be fine. All right? <laughs> Thanks very much, Neil. Okay. I wonder if there are others like you who had something planned for Monday only to find that the booking's been cancelled now because of, uh, I don't know, COVID-19 related issues or whether or not. Anyway, it certainly isn't an Irish government in, um, re- request or requirement. So I wouldn't be uh, listening to that if they said it was under the advice of the government. That isn't that isn't the case unless I missed something, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, listen, you can at least rest easy for the weekend. Good luck with the results. And there are two tables of cockball. Um, I'll put you back on hold and you can work that out with the gang, all right? Thank you. And best of luck. Congratulations. I know you haven't got them yet, but all will be well. Thanks, Emma. Take care. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. Uh, lots of other texts then on issues involving uh, taking people's details, which doesn't include your address. Mark says, I'm not a bit happy. This is getting more ridiculous by the day. Kieran says, you couldn't make it up but a joke of a government where the laughing stock of Europe. Paul says, they're already holding CCTV footage of all of us for 30 days. As long as they destroy the data afterwards, who cares where I was or what I ate? Knock yourself out if you want to record it. Um, as in, I suppose he's saying, less of the drama, get over it. David says, they'll be looking for stool samples next and obedient apes and we'll all lap it up. And Stephen says, are the government actually pulling these ideas out of a hat in the doll bar and hoping the public don't notice how stupid they actually are? This is a 28-day customer record rule where they um, hold on to much of your details and if the guards call in, they need to be able to see it. Who you are, where you're from, what you ate. Back after the break. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red. FM. I'd love to see these emails that uh, apparently establishments are sending out to leaving certs. My daughter is getting results on Monday. They had a few tables booked in a bar in town. They paid 12 euro deposit each. Each table got a call two days ago telling them the booking was cancelled. It's obviously caused because of results night. It's very unfair. They have been through enough. Is there any reason why restaurants and bars are doing that? Maybe they're a little bit worried of people partying after the leaving cert and they're just taking the right decision in a sense that they don't want that kind of partying where people might just be all hugging and kissing and getting up on top of each other and all sorts of stuff like that and they're cancelling the bookings for them. I'm just going to work out a reason as to why they're calling leaving cert uh, results students and saying, sorry, your booking's cancelled. It could well be just for the Monday. But I'd love to see one of those emails, particularly if one of them, if there's an email knocking around from a business that is saying that it's government guidelines, which clearly it isn't. Uh, from my conversation yesterday with Jerry Buttimer, uh, Noel says, Jerry Buttimer is a very close friend of mine and for the past 30 years I've known him to be one of the most decent people you can meet, a loyal friend and mentor who would go out of his way for anyone. Outside of that, in his professional life, he has demonstrated how committed he is to public life through his hard work in public office. In fact, he will struggle to find a harder working politician in the country. He has stuck his neck out on so many occasions 
In particular, he took leadership on social change in this country when it wasn't necessarily that popular. He helped change the mindset of so many people in this country, in particular when it came to marriage equality. Good people make bad decisions. It's time to move on and allow Jerry Buttermer to get on with the work he is doing representing us in the Oireachtas. Uh, best regards, says Noel. So I'm happy to read out a selection of those. And there are some support for Jerry Buttermer in spite of that disastrous event up at uh, in Clifton. Just about Jerry Buttermer, I don't feel he is genuinely remorseful. He reminds me of the kid in the class that is easily led by other children in the class to act the maggot or do the wrong thing. He just needs to cop on. I think he he, he has, um, you know, understood that um, what went on was a calamitous thing to do. Um, before people blast him, Jerry's a good guy. I asked for his help one time and could and he couldn't do enough. He's a decent guy. I'm not Fine Gael, never have been, but he's a good and honest guy. Um, it's like listening to a seven-year-old getting caught attacking the chocolate. Jerry's sorry because he was caught. He's not that stupid. He knew what he was doing. The apology didn't even sound genuine. Really? Really? I thought it did. I thought you held him to account. Well done. I don't believe a word that comes out of his mouth. That was very scripted, says Marie. Um, if he's so sorry, he should uh, claim back the expenses this year. He should donate the expenses to charity in his constituency. Yeah, I spoke to him about the. There's a lot of expenses be claimed by politicians who didn't go to the Daw because they couldn't and didn't go to the Shannon because they couldn't, but they claim expenses nonetheless. Uh, fair play to Jerry. It takes a big man to accept responsibility for your actions and to ask for forgiveness. Uh, you asked all the right questions and you would think that after 15 days, Jerry would have had better scripted answers than the ones he gave you. Uh, I, it just shows a man trying to save his job and if that's his attempt to get out of this, then he doesn't deserve to be in a position to get the country out of trouble if he can't get himself out of playing a game of golf. Um, well, there was no getting out of it. Like, he held his hands up and said, you know, stupid, stupid, stupid. If anyone breaches regulations, they're fined. Jerry's been fined by resigning. He paid more ways than anyone could have been fined with money. He's a hard-working public rep. Cork can't afford to lose him. Let's be honest, Neil. These people couldn't give a flip about the rest of us. Look at the Sinn Féin funerals. Leo's tickle in the park. <laughs> Phil Hogan's national tour of Ireland's beauty spots. And Micheál Martin's 100-kilometre round trip to the laundrette. <laughs> I like that one. Micheál had to come back from... He had to come back from Cork Mac to Cork to, picks up, to pick up shirts to go back to Dublin. <laughs> Man. We all make mistakes. Jerry's apology sounds very legitimate to me and he's hugely remorseful. It was an error of judgment, but he's only human. He was a fine teacher and melancholic and a nice guy. I'm not Fine Gael's supporter, but I do feel for the guy. He has apologised. That should be enough, guys. That's just a selection. Cross-selection of text 20868104106. Back to the phone lines I go. Lisa, good morning. Good morning. Okay, is this, is, is your daughter's getting her results on Monday? Yes, she is. Okay. And they had organised to go to Reardon. Um, no, I don't have all the facts because her friends booked it. But she came in last night and said that um, it's over 21, so they can't go there. So um, they're kind of in a... In a bit How do they know their age anyway to be calling them back? How do they even know who they are? I'd say because it, obviously they probably said to leave with us. Do you know what I mean? But they emailed to say that it was over 21. No, but so you know when they made the booking? They just made yeah. the bookings as punters. They booked a table mm-hmm. and booked a time. How do yeah. Reardon's know they're leaving cert? I don't know unless they know that it's leaving cert night. 
I don't you see I don't have the facts because my daughter didn't book it and I can't she's at work so I can't ask the questions. But you they cancelled on them. Yes, yes, because there's over twenty one. And do you think that there that's a reasonable thing to do, just considering the kind of carry on that could be there on leaving Sir Party Night? Well, I can't I can only speak for my own daughter and her friends. I know they'll be going out for something to eat because they plan to come back here. I said they think there's only about six of them in total. They're coming back here. Do you know what I mean? I'm so just I know wondering whether Reardon's are doing the responsible thing that really Monday night sh- won't be a normal leaving certain night. There shouldn't be any partying. I, I don't know. Like, you know, like there was only six of them going out. So I said six to a table, isn't it? Do you know? I'm... I mean, I was in I was in Silver Key last week or the week before, and there were six of us. And then this was upstairs in the restaurant, and then there was about twelve teenagers came in together, and they all sat up in one of the booths. So, like, you know, it's one rule for one. You see, if it's if it's going to be the case in ninety minutes, yeah, you know that you have for the restaurant, yeah. Then out of their control, isn't it? Like, yeah, you know, when you look at it from the, like from the point of view of People who get their results and they have a bit of cop on, it's a tough one. It's it's hard it's it hard is. on them. It it's been very hard on them actually for the past yeah. six months. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know, so um at the moment I don't even know now if they're after getting somewhere else or or what. You or know? what the plan is, yeah. Was it yeah. was it just their intention to go to one place or had they kind of spoken about moving to a second and a third or anything like that? All all I know is that they were I think there was two tables of four and then she said to me, Could they come back here for a few drinks? And I said they think there was gonna be about six then, yeah. with, including my daughter. Do you know what yeah. I mean? But yeah. there was eight of them going two tables of four going out for a meal and then um they they was they were coming back here for a few drinks. Well, it sounds very hard on them, in fairness. It is. Do you it know is. what they're after missing out on so much? Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. This year, you know. Okay, well, good luck to her with the results. Thanks, Lisa. Aww. Appreciate that. Cheers. Okay, thank you. Uh, we have been in touch, or we are at the moment endeavouring to get in touch with Reardon's to see what the deal is and, uh, you know, what's the reason for this um, and get their point of view and their opinion on it. So we'll come back to that hopefully before midday if we can get a response by then. Jackie, good morning. Good morning, Neil. I did see photographs of this. The lads showed them to me a couple of days ago. I don't have them in front of me right now, but I did see the photographs of the cars. What was going on? This is this is off the Barrack Street area, is it? Yes. Uh, Monday night, about 10 o'clock, my husband spotted a fella on the CTV and uh, he took a selfie picture first, checked it, see if it turned out, and then he pointed the phone either at my car or where I live and took a picture of that. So only for the CTV, we wouldn't have seen him. So we don't know what he's up to. So then Bridewell, I rang the Bridewell and the detective came up and he took, um, you know, the memory stick? He took the memory stick of three of the three different cameras. So Could you see this character? I went out to, to, to approach him and my husband wouldn't let me. My husband wouldn't let me go down to him. And did you get a description of him or anything like that? Yeah, he was a tall, he was a grey tracksuit, pants, grey hoodie and white runners. I, didn't, I don't know what his age was because he was walking away from me at the time. But the bride will have the footage of him from the three different cameras. Yeah, yeah. Why was he particularly interested in your car? Any idea? I don't know. It's probably because it's the newest one here. I don't know. 
I mean, I guess uh, has a mobiliser and everything. It's not one of those stop start ones where they can be cloned, you know, if the key is near. It's not one of those ones. I don't know. I don't know. People looking at the apartment or the car. But only for the CTV, we wouldn't have known. Because when he's... Do you know when he's... I have it here in front of me as CCTV. I have video footage of it in front of me. Yeah. Somebody walks past him as he's just about to... Yeah, he passed him. He stood behind the van waiting. And he kind of did a little mini runner. Yeah. And when they passed by, he came back out again and he's sitting, standing right behind your car filming. Yeah, right. He stood behind the van and the people passed. And then he took the the picture because you could see the flash going off. Pointing at the car or where I live. And ever since I've been locking all the doors at night, going to bed and locking ourselves into our bedrooms and everything. You know, I mean, I have the CTV, I have the alarm system, the alarm is on it. There he goes. I just watch. saw him there now taking a photograph yeah. and the flash went off. Yeah. I mean, like. Your husband's moving the camera. Can you do that? Or is that you uh, with your no, phone? No, that was me. I put it on my phone and yeah. I went in. You know, I ah, that's I, right. I this is two, nine o'clock at night, isn't it? Yeah, no, my clock is an hour behind coming to change of time and yeah. the hours, you know. We never changed over the time. So it was about 10 o'clock, yeah. Would you not have shouted doing. at the window at him to get away? I went I went out to the balcony and my husband wouldn't let me go out. <laughs> Did you shout at him? Went, no, I didn't. I just watched him. And he took another photograph further down of another neighbour's. I don't know if it's What's he at like? He took another I photograph of someone else. Yeah, Do you think it's the I house or the car? It's the car, I isn't don't, it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But ever since I I have all the keys locked at night, even the bathroom is locked. Do you know, so if somebody came in through the bathroom, they can't get out of there. Isn't that an awful position to put you in, yeah. that you have to live in fear like that now because of this yeah. Muppet? Yeah. I mean, That's like, there's nothing in There's nothing in her to take, do you know? We're, we don't keep money in the house. Do you know, there's, I have no empty jewellery or nothing like that. There's nothing there to take. Do you know? Are you afraid that it's the house and not the car? Yeah. I'm more afraid of it being the house. You know, because I have son with autism and my husband is just after having brain surgery in March. Did the guards say they recognised him or did they come back and say anything about it? Well, I was given a name by somebody else that I showed a video to and... They recognised him, did they? Well, they said it could be one of them, but I don't know. I don't know those people either myself. So, I mean, I stick to myself here where I'm living... My neighbours are all nice, you know. That's so. just awful now to be living in fear like that yeah. after this carry on. You've been yeah. better off, you know what, you've been better off you never saw him. Yeah, it's probably true, but now it's just too late. Now we've seen him. I now know. Sick with you, I know, now you're sick with the worry of having seen yeah. him. Yeah. I mean, my husband was there now last night. There's no need to close the bedroom door, you know, the sitting room door's locked, the bathroom door's locked, the no. kitchen door's locked. Yeah. I was saying, the CT, the alarm system is on. I was in, I'm locking it, do you know? Listen, and my son has been locked in at night and he's 13. That's as a result of seeing what it is. It's perfectly normal yeah. for you to be worried and upset like that, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, there's nothing in the house to take. There's Did nothing. he see you seeing him? No. That's a pity because if he had, you might have frightened him off, you know? Well, only if my husband, I would have went down to him myself. My husband wouldn't let me. No, so well, you wouldn't, wanna, you wouldn't want to go up anywhere near the guy, you know? Yeah, my, he, was, he was afraid of me. And do you know if there's break-ins in the area? No, I don't think so. There's none. It's very quiet. It's very quiet here, you know, just from people passing, you know, at night, drinking, whatever. It's otherwise, it's quiet. My neighbours are all nice. They're quiet. We all, you know. And are you up now watching CCTV all the time? 
my husband looks at the CTV more than he does the television. <laughs> you you're, you're not sleeping though? No, I had a late night. That was the night before last night. I was sitting there looking at it. In case... You've been up watching the CCTV in case he comes back. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. a shame. Listen, it would be great if somebody knows what's going on there or has any idea yeah. or information as to what your man's game is, you know? Yeah. I don't uh, know. How many days ago was that? Monday night it was. Yeah, well, this is Friday now, thank God. I'd say maybe that's the but the worst is over you, you know? Yeah. And we, were only, we were away for two days and we, we came back Monday evening about half a day and then this happened at 10 o'clock. You know, or even when I'm away, the alarm is on and everything. You know, we turn on the alarm all the time, every time we go out. Well, you should be doing that. You should be doing that. Listen, um, let's see if anybody has any idea as to what your man is up to, all right? And we'll see if we can shed some light on it. Thanks, Jackie. Back after the break, text 0868104106. If you recognize that, or you can help in any way as to what your man's game is, or even who he is, or whether it's the house or the car, why he's taking a photograph. Do they ordinarily do that and come back later? Get in touch. Text 0868104106. The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 1850-104-106. And some more shout-outs for our free food Friday with Oak Fire Pizza. This is Nicola. I want to nominate all the staff of the Hair and Beauty at Tory Top Road for some food because we are all fantastic. Uh, lunch, please, for the hard-working staff of Rathpeakin Fireplaces in Hollymount Industrial Estate. To everybody, uh, including... Claire, who's a nurse on call on Patrick Street, would love free lunch. So would CBGI in Blackpool. All very hungry. Good morning to Marlene, Liam Moog, and all of the staff, and Vince as well at the North Point Business Park. DHL, North Point Business Park, are also listening this morning. So is Kate and all of the staff in the Lee COVID testing site in Blackpool. Uh, Amy McGuinness was in touch from travel councillors in Mahan, back in the office. Uh, and so are DD Security in Ballycoreen Industrial Estate. Hard work and engineers out on site but they'd never be so happy if I told them to come back for pizza. To everybody at Permanent TSP in Bishopstown um, and they know that Oak Fire Pizza does the best gluten-free pizza and they have three celiacs on the staff. Uh, lunch as well from McKechnie Cleaners in Little Island please. Morning Jerry. To the staff at Pat O'Donnell's Volvo in Glanmire. To everybody in Tesco Ballancolic who are listening including Lavinia. To Nespresso the team keeping everybody stocked in coffee. They'd love some pizza as well. Market Apex Insurance on the Mall was in touch. They're all back to work. Home store and more all working hard. So is everybody at Seabridge Ireland, Little Island. Gas Networks Ireland are listening. NGC Construction are flat out. Um, Doreen Kiley's in touch from Baltimore. Uh, block laying with her husband. Building an extension at home. Uh, who else have we got for you? Elmwood Medical Practice were in touch this morning by text. So is Interactive Interiors in Little Island. Kevin Condon Financial Brokers are listening. Uh, Sheila Scanlon Ona Onakura Pharmacy in Middleton. And just another few shout-outs. Horgan's Garage in Kerry Pike. Hurley's Centre in Bishopstown. Amari on the Tremor Road. Rochestown Park Hotel. Um, what else have I got for you? VMware are listening as well. So is everybody at Topman Barbers. Honey Browns and Balancholic. And what's that one? Home and Interior Textiles in Blarney Business Park. So there are the shout-outs. We'll pick a winner, courtesy of ourselves, an Oak Fire Pizza, Princess Street, Clonakilty and Bandon. Lunch will be sorted for the entire team here with sides. And don't forget the desserts, mini cheesecake tasters. 
So we'll do that in a, in a few minutes' time. Lines open for all of the business on one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. But I got a very special request come in to me there the other day. Hope you keep them well, surviving the strange times. On Friday, our mother Catherine turns the big seven zero, and we'd love if you could wish her a happy birthday. She'd be very well known. A well-known Cork figure. She was a street trader for many years. A street trader, if you didn't know it, is also known as a hawker. She'd be known as Catherine Kenny, her maiden name. Her sweet, her street sweet shop would have been at all of the GAA games in Parky Cueve, all the Cork City games, Musgrave Park for the rugby, amongst all of the other big events happening in Cork. She would also have travelled to Turles for the big GAA games, and she loved every minute of it. She was at her happiest when selling and talking to everyone. As kids, we all went with her to all of the games. Back then, she'd have been actually allowed on the pitch at Porky Cueve. Imagine that. As you can see from the pictures I've sent to you, she's a character. Uh, she's with her sister Jenny in the pictures, and they both even got a write-up in the examiner a couple of years ago. As a hawker, they would have had many stories to tell and met many famous people. Her mother's a very kind-hearted woman and someone that has always been there for her family. She'd give you her last euro coin if she was stuck. She's a real nori, but married a sorry, so you could say she crossed the water. It would mean the world to us if you give her a shout on on Friday, as we want to make the birthday special. She's had two tough years, but luckily she's coming back from it. Uh, so, thanks in advance. P.S. My mother is the lady on the right of the picture. Well, there are two sisters in the picture, and both of them look hale and hearty and in good spirits. But it's a very special, happy, happy birthday to Catherine, who turns 70 today. And she joins me by phone. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. Happy birthday. Thank you very much, Neil. It's going to be a bit of a different birthday for the times that we're living in. But I hope you get to celebrate it with family and friends. Oh, I will, yeah, I will. Are you retired now? I'm retired now, Neil, because times have changed. Ever before the COVID, no, but times have changed. And what were, you, the shops. Yeah, what were you selling and where were you selling it? I, I was selling uh, uh, minerals and chocolates and fruits at Musgrave Park. Whenever it's inside Musgrave Park. And I, I was selling it outside it and in Park and Queen. Inside this and outside this. For how many years? Five generations. I, I, I'm the last that kept it up. So, like, for about since you were a child, is it? Or since I was a baby, yeah. And did do, did did other family members do it before you? They did, yeah. My, uh, my sister, my other sister's done it as well. We, it was all a family. We and all did- done it because we... It was the way of bringing money in. And did you take... No, in family. Right. But do you know before you started, did somebody else have the, the pitch before you? No. Or my grandmother. My grandmother had the pitch before me. And she did the very same thing? She done the same thing, yeah. She did, yeah. They were great, they were great women. So it would be like no. flags, chocolates, sweets, fruit, crisps... Bottles of minerals, all that kind of stuff. All that kind of stuff. And Patrick's staying, we'd be in with the, the colours as well for Paddy's Day cool. and for Christmas. And how did and you the, How did you move all of the stuff around? Like, did you have a van or where would you store it? Oh, we, 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 had, we had a van, yeah. You see, go, going to the Munster Finals and go, it's telling me my grandmother's time. We, we, uh, 
We'd bring the banana, we'd bring the apples and oranges and bananas down in the van, down to the railway station. If we're going up to... Um, Carlos, yeah, Killarney. They'd go on the train. Yeah. They'd go on the train and they'd be put in by the Then we, we, we'd, 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 we'd go on the, the train. We'd be hawking the apples up and down the, and the chocolate bars and minerals up and down the, the oil of the, of the, of the, of the train. Amazing. The yeah. Selling. Amazing. Because there no shops that time on the train. There was no trolley or shop on the train like there is now. So you, you'd be going no, up and down no, selling no. all sorts of things. And would you you'd be uh, selling flags and colours and hats and stuff? Oh, yeah. Anything anything that there was about to be made or we 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 done it. <laughs> but so you would have been out in all sorts of weather at the matches then as oh, well? Oh, oh no, all sorts of weather. As, as they always said, we all, we all have hot blood. <laughs> Must have been hard, though. Tough life. Oh, it was, oh, it was, it was, it was hard, but we got their need. Obviously, we had to do it. My mother was wearing nine, and she was wearing five of her sister's children. As he walked out on them when they were babies. Go away, go away. So, so, you, said, uh, so that was only 15 in the house. And so, so the street hawking supported the family? It did, it did, it did. We never saw, we never saw hungry there, thank God, because. When we came in from school, I didn't get much schooling. I to leave when I was I left when I was thirteen. And the minute I came in from school, there was a basket put underneath my hand to go from door to door. And what would you sell from door to door as a child then? I I'd be saying if 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 my mother got a, my mother worked in the capsule company and opened out the Casey's class and she buy up all the seconds of the shoes and I I'd have a box car. And his sister Jenny, and we go around from door to door with the box car with, with the shoes and the boots, and we'd have vegetables as well inside in the inside in the the box car. They were, they were made of ball bearings, the wheels. That's right. And would you manage to sell them door to door? Yeah, the oh, shoes and the. We sell them, and we sell them on the booked in as well. People would pay at the end of the week. <laughs> pay at the end of the week. There was no one hungry. There was no one hungry in Grand when we had a we had a whole shop in Grand, and there was no one hungry because my father would wake up any old night for anyone, any customer to give them what they want. Fantastic! That's fantastic. And when they, when they wouldn't do what they need. Oh, it's all changed now. It's all changed now. And sure, listen, we were off. We were off and going from once to final, and we'd be waking up the hat with the kind of fancy paper, red and white, if all of us were training to be blue and white. My grandmother used to say if it comes flashing rain, they will come over the pitch, like, like the crucifixion, <laughs> with the blood streaming down their face. Blood from the colours. The other side would, <laughs> would come out in and they'd be like the Blessed Virgin <laughs> because the joy would run over the hats. And you went, to, you went to a lot of the, the concerts and gigs as well, didn't you? Like you'd have been oh, down, down Parky Cueve or you'd have been out the Lee Fields for, you'd have been down well, at... For you too, for you too. When you two came first to the Lee Fields, the age, we, we, they wanted a creative orange and I brought it up to him and the age had a gold bracelet on his hand and he gave it to me. And with the exciting we running down to me mother to tell her about the bracelet. I lost the bracelet in the feed. Oh no. And all I was doing was, all I was doing was looking for the bracelet. She didn't just send them in the dress. <laughs> I said, there's no one buying, but I wasn't going around with them. <laughs> That's all I wanted to get was the bracelet. You lost 
the edges gold bracelet. Oh no. Bracelet that oh. he gave me. Oh no. And That's did you did you all, did you meet Springsteen? Somebody told me. I did. When when he see we were down by the showgrounds gates then when he was going in and he was he he, he got out the car and he stopped the car and he got he said keep it up because it's lovely to see it. <laughs> you can buy it. The traditional needs. Do you buy anything? Do you not try and sell him something? Well, I was saying, look, what the guy here, and he starts getting laughing. Because <laughs> we, 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 we had these hats, and we had, we had the American flag. Uh, you know, the American little flags that tie around their necks. Yeah. And he starts, he starts getting laughing. He starts beeping the, beeping the, the big, 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 and then she, when, when the shoes, she was there, she was brilliant times. We were on the fields with thousands of people inside the middle of the fields. Amazing. And the Wolf Tones were playing. Church was great and Christy Moore. They were great times, Lee. And when Michael Jackson came, he came along the embassy, he stopped and got out half his down the road to us. Did he come over to you? Came over to us, came over to us, Michael Jackson, and put his two hands on top of the two of us. He oh. said, well done, ladies. Wow, isn't that a fantastic? Oh, that was lovely, I thought. When that lovely people leave, when my mother and grandmother and myself would be out, my mother would bring three chairs, three folding chairs. She says, that's one for you now, Catherine, that's one for me, and that's one for the person that will want to sit down, sit down to tell the story and whatever problem. We were girls on duty. We were paramedics on duty. We were everything. We were selling. We listened to everyone's problems. And went away happy. Did say to you, I'm going to be happy now after talking to you. A little bit of a chat. Yeah, yeah. You're after making me day care. And they'd be offering me in rushing to the match. And one man one day said, I'm going to have to leave me while I sit over the bed and temple inside the car. I said, sir, don't worry. I said, sir, take what you want for the children. And when you see me, I'll put her, put her into the church and get a couple of nights waiting for me. And they did bring it back to you. And even with the children going in, and if they turn us trust, I know what they'd be counting their money, that they'd be short. I said, throw the money into the box there, look. Take what you want. Take what you want. And they'd be looking stupid at you. And then we sell, we, 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 we sell shamrock as well. We sold everything, me. Whatever and the season was, you were selling it. We were selling it, and we'd be over the dawn in the morning on the railway track. Of course, we couldn't go on the railway track, no. But you see, the shaman, if you scroll where the stones would be, and we pick it, you see. Go and ahead. we sell Rosary Woolworth. Do you remember Woolworth? I do. I remember Woolworth. I remember the big, I remember the big long benches of sweets inside the front door. Do you remember them? That, that's right. That's right. And then when we were going down, when we were going down for the apples, we just walked in for him in Gail's apples. That's right. We separate now the damaged apples from the good ones. I'm going to get the apples in to bring home to me, man, because she was made the candy apples in as well. Do you remember, you're talking about apples, do you remember the very old woman? I often think of her. She was there for years. She had a pitch there by on, on Camden Quay. She used to wear a black shawl. Oh, Mrs. O'Donovan. Oh, do. She's a relation of my grandmother. And she'd be there like... All weather. Was it her son used to bring her down or something and say she did fruit, loads and loads of fruit? She did fruit, she did, she did, and a lovely lady too. And would she have made lovely. money there? Well, she would. They all made money, really. they did. But they worked hard for us. They sure did it. And I remember, I remember when my sister Marie 
She's selling coils. She's selling the second hand clothes. She's dating no since. And what we used to do then, I used what we used to do then is, we bring them into the private, to leave them there behind the back door for the night. And just uh, this morning, we went out to get the clothes. They couldn't find the clothes. And I said it to the sergeant. I said, Sergeant, where's the, where's the clothes? Well, he said, they should they were there. We're not going off a duty. But they were after going to putting them out, making pillars for prisoners that was after coming in, <laughs> put their heads on top of them. And we had to go away and gather all the clothes. Oh, my God. Oh, we, listen, we, we, listen, I've memories only, like, I'll keep it there all day. And she listen, when we get to John Daly's bottles, uh, a farden, we go, we go around, we, we, when, the, when the box will be empty, we sell the boxes in down the park for the people to send up in the box <laughs> to be able to see the match. <laughs> the, <laughs> we go around and then we collect them and we just have to collect the bottles. And there was this once the final and they ran out of water below. As my mother said, we shall make the kingy water before the belly goes. <laughs> but they ran out of water. I mean, and said to me, go on down there to the Atlantic Band. That's how the water was pure. <laughs> You're not going to tell me you put, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, filled up the water and they sorted. And as my grandmother said, Anyone that took that water, they drank tarnies learn. And they never, they never got sick because the tarnies killed everything inside them. <laughs> the tarnies inside their stomach, swimming around, killing all the bad germs. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on there a second. Andrew? Yeah, Neil, how you doing? How's it going, all right? Good, yeah, just catching there. Catching, this is Andrew Keegan there, happy birthday. <laughs> oh, thanks very much, Andrew. I've great memories of the Lee Bats when we used to go there on the late oh, 70s. Oh, that's right, the Lee Bats as well. You'll, 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 you'll be outside the gate and we'll be all coming up to you and half of us wouldn't even have money and you'd, you'd still give us the old few sweets and a bit of chocolate. Are you fine? I'd know, she ever made a profit if she was giving so much away? Yeah, yeah she's so a, much lady, away, a lady. There's good breeding there, right. Neil. Good breeding there, boy. She's a legend, <laughs> if there ever was. Happy birthday, Catherine. All right, love. Thanks very much, love. Happy. And keep safe. Keep safe. Thanks, yeah, Andrew. Andrew. Actually, Catherine, Marie is asking here, were you and your family up the Mardike outside the Mary's selling? Oh, yeah. Oh, up there as well. Up Did you do... Because well. you, you couldn't have done candy floss or anything like that because you didn't have the machine. Oh, no, I didn't bother. I didn't, we didn't bother with the candy floss. My mother and grandmother and my ancestors before always loved an open table. We could have having the best events that we wanted them. So we went up, we, we went up, we went up to Torles in, in, uh, in Maris Minor, with curtains for up, around the van, there was no glass in the windows, my father, we were like hippies coming with the stuff. But it sounds to me, I mean, it was hard, but it sounds to me as if you really loved it and enjoyed it. Oh, I loved it, Neil, I loved it. And Neil, I loved it more, trying to help people. When we be in the marriage right there, you see people coming up long, and you know, their poor heads are down, looking down, you know they're not well. And I'd say, I'd say to them, good morning, good evening, good afternoon. And they, they'd come over to the shop and they'd start chatting. I'd say, sit down there and take the weight off your feet. <laughs> and, and we'd get talked. But Neil, if there was more of that around. I know. I know. You know what I'm saying? Times, times have changed. And did you rear your own family then? Oh, I did. I reared five, ten guys, and they're all doing well for themselves. And now it's time to have a rest. Oh, just time no need to have a rest. And as I said, uh, to be there for people and for, to, be, to live 
listen to it to listen to our people. I know. It's, and it's been fabulous listening to you. I wish I had more time, but they'll be kind to you. To me, what can you do? Buy them. You say you have to look after others as well. But as I said, I loved every bit of it. So with the Lee Preston, as he came on there now, with the Lee Preston, we were both there. I mean, we watching for the children because when you go to Lee Preston, they take out four and five of their sisters and brothers. And these be all kinds of funny old fellas will be up there as well. You had to be careful, that's, that's, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. what we used to But when they come over and buy 20 bars, I said to, I said to Jenny, Jenny, one minute now, I'm falling in him in. He's had to buy 20 bars. What's he buying 20 oh bars? Oh, my God, oh, my So oh I said, Jenny, God. I'm falling him. And I did, and he'd always go, he, he went in behind the back of the boxes. There was boxes out in the front field to go to change. But he'd always go into the back. And I said to him, I said, what are you doing there? Oh, I'm doing nothing. I'm not doing nothing. But uh, I just put the lifeguard, uh, you know, just... Your civic duty was done then and he was he was collared. You well know, done, well done, well uh, done. You, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, we, we, we were everything, I tell you. Sure, sure even there, though. We, we, were wanted, we, were, we were wanted our own party queens and our own other places. Many person, I say, from getting uh, left fits. I'd run straight for the seven up or, or the Lucas eight. If when they were dry basic. If they fainted. If they fainted, you know, no, we say if they if they fainted. I know, I know. They, they, they could be with they could be with someone that wants the match. I sit them on the chair, give them seven up to get seven up down them and after a few minutes they come around. Listen, it, they're I lovely stories, it. Catherine. They're lovely stories. I just I just wanted I just wanted to wish you a happy birthday. And I, I, I was a healthcare worker as well, myself. <laughs> I have to go. I, listen, I have to go. I, I wish I could spend more time with you, but happy birthday. And thanks for the... Thanks very much, Jeff. Thanks for the memories and the wonderful stories, all right? All right, thanks. And you keep me living and I'm delighted that he answered me there with a go. Lovely stuff. All right, uh, God bless. I'll Take care. Bye. Happy bye. birthday, Catherine Foley, 70 years young today. A great way to finish the week. That was lovely. I hope you enjoyed it. Well done. Well done. Free Food Friday um, for all of the staff and residents at Ardara, the Cope Foundation in Montanati. Courtesy of ourselves and Oak Fire Pizza. We'll do it all again on Monday. Have a good weekend. See you Monday. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.